0: time for the B.S. Sports Show. We want to hear from you, so call us on the B.S. line. Now, here's Billy Elvis and the B.S. Sports Show.
1: Well, welcome in to the B.S. Sports Show, live on Yahoo Sports Radio Indiana. You you listen at B.S. Sports the Fan, call us on Twitter there, at Billy Elvis, at Mo Radio Show. We have NBA champions. The Golden State Warriors got it done after a little over 40 years. And, you know, it's uh, it's not shocking. I will give the Cavs credit. They didn't give up. They fought down to the last minute last night. LeBron James after the game... Uh, Has some very, uh, you know, truthful, poignant comments. You know, we'll get into those here in just a few minutes. Jim Breiters, our uh, NBA insider, is going to join us coming up. We'll talk to him about uh, last night's finals and uh, what this team looks like going forward. Uh, This Cavs team uh, needs some changes, obviously. And... Or a few tweaks here and there, this could be a team that could compete for the NBA championship for years to come. That will depend on LeBron James. That will depend on LeBron James. They go as he goes. You know, we talked a little bit about, uh, earlier this week, uh, comments LeBron made when he said that he was the best player in the world. And a lot of people have talked about the comments he made last night, very truthful comments. I'm going to assume, and may be wrong, but I'm going to assume, Billy, that you you probably did not like the comments made by LeBron James postgame.
2: Um, look, he, he's bruised. He's a competitor. Uh, sometimes, you know, you say things that maybe a week or two from now you wouldn't say. And I'm sure his tune is going to change as a, uh, as the pain subsides. But you, nobody believes for a second LeBron would have rather not made the playoffs because he'd be talked about even worse than he is now. <laughs>
1: right, but the thing is, though, is that, you know, and, and I brought this up to you the internet when we were, we were debating, you know, what LeBron said. We always, you know, want the players to say something in these things and not just feed us that normal lip service of cliches. But then when they do say something, we get, you know, we get upset. We pick apart what they say.
2: Yeah, I, well, I, it's I, it's common.
1: I, I I hate doing that, you know, and I like the fact that he cared. And he was down. He's now he wasn't like some of the Cleveland players that were seen out partying afterwards. You know what I mean? LeBron took it hard, and I want. Well, I started taking hard. Uh, and
2: that's and that's my takeaway. My takeaway is that here's a guy who poured out his uh, his heart and soul into that series, into this whole season. Since making that decision to go back to Cleveland, he's been under pressure. And it didn't end until last night's game, and it's not going to end. Uh, but, but yeah, he, he was worn out, he was beat, he was battered, he was down, he was bummed, uh, like anybody would be. Yeah, you want to see him bummed. You, want, you don't want to see him go, hey, what the hell, <laughs> you know? Uh, right. I like the competitive factor. In it. So I'm not reading too much into the exact words of what he said. I'm just trying to uh, put myself in his shoes as to why he was the way he was uh, post-game last night uh I like to see that out of a, a competitor like LeBron or like anyone.
1: Yeah, uh, what do you think seven votes last night for uh, Andre Iguodala? Uh you know, he he was the flavor. I mean, obviously
2: the the series changed when he went back when he went into the starting lineup. Of course, uh, um he, you know, he'd been putting points up off the bench too. He he'd been a factor uh, even before he was a starter, but Things changed in Golden State's favor when he became a starter. I guess that's what the voters were looking at. I guess they weren't looking at individual uh, basketball prowess uh, because, uh, in my mind, it was LeBron 1, Steph Curry 2, and, and, and then maybe Iggy. Uh, if it was the first two games, it might have been Matthew Dellavedova, then LeBron, then then who knows who as the third runner-up in the MVP. Because the MVP of the first two games was Matthew Dellavedova.
1: The thing is, though, for me, you know, I look at the MVP. Like, if you took one of those guys, the MVP, off of the team, where would that team be? And without LeBron on there, we're looking at at four straight 30-point blowouts at least, you know? And And I think the the Warriors still win the NBA championship without Andre Iguodala. I mean, I don't know how you can have a a finals MVP who doesn't even start every game. You Mm -hmm. know, I I think that was – how does Steph Curry not get one vote? Not one. Yeah, yeah, I know –
2: Maybe that's just because it was so decided. I mean, you know, I mean, you can't look at it as. I mean, most everybody said LeBron when uh, when not, Iguodala. So they weren't they were thinking uh, LeBron, but uh, they were like, God, we got to give it to somebody on the winning team. And the difference was when Iguodala went into the starting lineup, everybody played better, including Steph Curry. Uh, well, I, that vote, uh, the vote doesn't bother me. The vote doesn't bother me at all because I don't think. Uh, I don't think you know either one of the Warriors was the MVP of the finals. LeBron James was the MVP of the finals.
1: I agree. And, and the thing, the other thing that irritated me is the fact that you know people want to talk about uh, you know there was a great choice for MVP. Here's the thing: his ineptitude to shoot free throws damn near cost him the game. The, the Cleveland would cut it to what four last night with twenty some seconds left. You know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the other thing that, that bothered me. And, and I, I saw some people dogging on LeBron James, you know, because he kind of slowed down a little bit there in the fourth quarter. But watching LeBron's face as he drives and kicks it out and just watches brick after brick after brick after brick from these guys that he's passing to. You know, Iman Shumpert and J.R. Smith combined to shoot 29%. They had to combine to shoot that horrific number.
2: And uh, but then again, J.R. Smith is what made it look like it was going to be a game at the end when Golden State wasn't going to lose. But,
3: right, but uh, J.R. Smith's wild,
2: wild barrage of threes is well—it's the reason that you're talking about the Cavs being within four. So at some point, he made an impact.
1: Look, right, but he needs to make deal. an impact the, in the earlier in the earlier five games, five and a half games.
2: In, here's the deal: LeBron did something very, very special. He should have been MVP uh, because. You know, he had a cast of he had a cast of cast offs with him in the NBA finals and got it the six and actually had Golden State on their heels the first three games. So I, I don't know, man. Um, it's not going to be a, a super memorable, uh, but it's almost like inevitable. I mean, months ago, I think everybody kind of said it's probably going to be the Golden State Warriors with their depth, with the Splash Brothers with, with what Steve Kerr brought to the equation. And, uh, hey, and how good is Steve Kerr? Huh? How good yeah. is this guy? He's been a part of three teams uh, that amassed the most wins in, in an NBA season, and two of them as a player with the Bulls, and now one as coach of the uh, Warriors. You know, Steve Kerr, credit where credit's due. Smart for taking that job, and he realizes that. But he did a good job.
1: He did a good job. Yeah, I mean, how miserable would he have been if he would have wound up in New York under his uh, mentor, Phil Jackson? You know, I don't mean to take any credit away from the Warriors, but even if, you know, we talked a lot about uh, earlier in the week if, if Cleveland would have won that first game, you know, if they lost and went in overtime. How much different is that? Is this series, though? Does Does Cleveland still lose? But the more important thing is it was overtime where Kyrie Irving got hurt. If Cleveland wins that game in regulation... It's a whole different series in two different ways because in the overtime is when Kyrie hurt himself and is out for the rest of the series.
2: I think it would have been a better series. Uh, I don't know that it would have guaranteed Cleveland to win. Um, uh, I think it would have been a better series. I, I think. I think even with Kyrie and Kevin Love, uh, the Cavaliers weren't as deep as the Golden State Warriors, and 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 somehow that depth would have would have taken
1: over. I mean, maybe
2: maybe the Cavs would have win it. I don't know. I mean.
1: Well, if, uh, if, it's the just, uh, 3-0, if the Cavs go three zero, if the Cavs go three zero with that lineup, you know, with the lineup they finished with, do they do they still lose the NBA championship? Because it, you you called it, they ran out of gas and they ran out of gas early in Game Four. If they're they still in that first game, they're up three zero. Do they do they succumb to four straight to Golden State? Well.
2: I mean, no, they wouldn't have, but we don't know that they go up 3-0. I mean, come on. All this shoulda, coulda, woulda, we'll never know. Obviously, the Cavs would have been stronger had they had their full lineup. They didn't have it. That's why it's a tainted finals to me. It was a good finals. It's not going to be amongst the greatest finals of all time because one team wasn't whole. But, you know, I'll give you this, and I said it last night, LeBron James is the MVP. Um, he was the MVP of the regular season in my mind, and he was the MVP of the finals, and there's just no question about that. Forget about win or lose. If you're talking about who was the MVP of these playoffs, LeBron was it.
1: Well, yeah, and if not for the horrific shooting last night, at the end of the fourth quarter, he would have had another triple-double. He was one assist away. and 32 points and 18 rebounds is a hell of a game, but one assist away from a triple-double again for the third and finals is pretty outstanding. I heard something earlier today, and it made me think of you immediately, uh, I can't remember who was talking about it, but they asked uh, who would get, who would have gotten further with his team. That LeBron had Michael or Magic, and it made me instantly think uh, of you saying that Magic was the greatest player in NBA history. Who takes this Cavaliers team further if you take LeBron out of it? Magic or Michael? Uh, I don't know that uh,
2: I don't know that either of them uh, do. As good as as LeBron did, I mean, maybe they equal it. Uh, I I think if it's the same scenario, I think if it's Michael in his prime with that same cast of characters LeBron played yep. with, and I think if it's Magic in his prime with that same cast of characters LeBron was with, uh, I, I think the Golden State Warriors are champions. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh,
1: yeah, probably true.
2: And, I mean, what we, great. What, we, what what we found out, what we found out the last decade or so. Uh, maybe even longer. Is that man? You gotta have three great players. You gotta have a big three. Yeah, you just gotta. Uh, and there was a time when you could get away with a big two, Pippin Jordan, all right. Uh, but you know now it's it's a big three era. Uh, Oklahoma City found that out. They got a big two uh, when they lost their third for their big three. Harden when he went away, uh, so did the goal, So did the Oklahoma City Thunder. You've got to have that big three. San Antonio had its big three. Miami had its big three. Boston had its big three. Uh, and obviously there's more than three, but there's at least three with that Golden State Warrior team. And LeBron lost his three last night. And if Jordan's leading that team in his prime or Magic in his prime, they too succumb to a deeper
1: team like the Golden State Warriors. I want to be the first guy who would have a team that won with a marginal four. You know, another <laughs> big three. I, I, I'd like to have a marginal four. A marginal four? Or, sure, I mean, hey, how about a Fab Five in the NBA? Well, I just I, I want to come up with Marginal Four because Pat Riley already owns, you know, he owns a lot of those 3 P he owns some of those. So if a Marginal Four wins a championship, I want to have it. And they could have done it last night, LeBron and the Marginal Four. I was so bummed <laughs> out. I was ready to, <laughs> to trademark that term. Uh, good call. Make the shirt now
2: uh, when LeBron gets back because it appears he's always going to go to a finals with an under uh, underachieving <sighs> yeah. Cleveland team.
1: Did you see the? I, I'm sure you follow ESPN Stats and Info on Twitter. Last night they ranked like the the last fifty some uh, the, or the last sixty uh, NBA Finals team, or I think it was the last thirty years. And obviously the, the these Cavaliers, I think, were like 59th. But shockingly enough, the uh, last year's Miami Heat team was like 52 or 53.
2: Wow! Wow! I know. Um, well, you know, and, and that's why they lost the finals. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, I mean it's true, but it just it it's sad to see because we could be talking about right now if LeBron had had help, you know, in oh in seven last year. The first year they were just beaten by Dallas because Dallas was the better team. Yeah. And and this year, I mean we could be talking LeBron right up there with Michael. That's true, that's true. Um
2: and, and we kinda do, but now LeBron's gonna start falling into that Peyton Manning category.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, LeBron's still got two though.
2: I know, I know, but when you lose more than you win, you start to fall into that category of being a loser, even though you're not.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean Brady was close to that, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brady's I the mean, exact opposite of LeBron.
1: Isn't it amazing though that you still make? I mean, just making it there, especially making it there five straight years with two different right. teams, and, and what was it? And, and six out of what? Six out of eight or nine years? I mean, that's freaking mm-hmm. impressive. Yeah, credit where credit's due.
2: Hey, uh, we're going to talk more about the NBA with Jimbo Brighters next, at Jimbo Brighters on Twitter. uh, One of our NBA experts, recapping last night's championship, all its implications, and uh, a lot of other topics to get to tonight. Of course, we're going to talk to Captain of the Comets, Kaylee Schrock, at 8 o'clock. His beloved Blackhawks hoist Lord Stanley's Cup, and the parade and rally is tomorrow in Chicago. Uh, No parade, no rally in Cleveland, unfortunately. Uh, Again, (laughs) since since 1964, the longest drought of North American cities. And uh, I definitely want to talk about Johnny Manziel, Johnny Football. You know what? Uh, He and the Browns uh, are the next team with a chance to to, to get that championship for, for Cleveland. I don't think it's going to be the Tribe unless they turn things around here pretty quick. But uh, so, so I definitely got some uh, chatter and some thoughts on the latest with Johnny football.
1: Right. And uh, this, so, this has all the ties to LeBron, too, I think. I think this was completely set up today. And I'll, I'll, we'll I'll tell you why it. later.
2: We'll get to it. Yeah, we'll get to it later as I was pre-promoting. Stick around. Jimbo Brighters is next. Mo Time is at Mo Radio Show. I'm at Billy Elvis at BS Sports. The Fan find us on Facebook, too. Taking a break back next on the BS Sports Show. Hi, this is Billy Elvis, and along with Mo Time, we host the BS Sports Show now on Yahoo Sports Radio Indiana, which can be found at indianasportsradio.com. Tune in for our unique slant on the world of sports, covering your teams in the state of Indiana as well as the top national stories too. The BS Sports Show. I'm at Billy Elvis, Mo Times at Mo Radio Show at BS Sports, the fan now on Yahoo Sports Radio Indiana at indiansportsradio.com.
4: At McDuff Realty Group, their top priority is helping you achieve maximum results from the purchase or sale of your home. With over 20 years of marketing and sales experience, Joe Shoemaker and his team will provide you with an aggressive, passionate strategy that delivers the results you expect. For real estate services in central Indiana, call Joe Shoemaker at 317-413-8501 or visit online at mcduffrealty.com.
5: At Ruoff Home Mortgage, we understand that every borrower is different, so we offer a variety of products to meet your individual mortgage financing needs, including conventional, FHA, VA, USDA, new construction, first-time home Buyers, reverse mortgages, and, of course, refinancing. Want to learn more? Just call Brian Graham, the Mortgage Man, at 260-248-8333, or visit him online at ruoff.com backslash Brian Graham, and let them help you finance the home of your dreams.
3: Hi, this is Billy
2: Elvis and along with Mo Time, we host the BS Sports Show weekdays from 7 to 9. And every Friday as well as Monday, we're at Wrigley Field Bar and Grill sports Ford's Best Damn Sports Bar. Fridays, it's part of the original weekend starter party with the all-you-can-eat wing and fish buffet, 850 adults, 4 bucks for kids and great prizes. And Monday, lots of special guests including Comet Head Coach Gary Graham and Matt Ants Head Coach Connor Henry. It's the BS Sports Show weekdays 7 to 9 and at Wrigley Field Bar and Grill georgetown north every okay so what do you
6: have ryan what do you
2: think oh
0: uh
3: <laughs> oh um Gang, it
0: ain't for leaders they're too busy making plays happen answering the call earning their big boy pants isn't it time to be the leader you were
6: born to be the playbook's right there captain what's the call We'll have nachos, fried pickles, pretzels, buffalitos, honey barbecue wings, and waters. All around. Right. Grab a seat. The game is on. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports.
4: Ugh, I hate these big ass prices. Sounds like you could use some big ass savings. I'd love some big ass savings. Kmart Shop Your Way members save 30 cents a gallon.
7: 30 cents a gallon? That's a big ass discount. Mm, big ass discount.
4: A really big ass discount. Really big ass discount. Honey, this solves your big ass problem. Totally solves my big ass problem. Yeah,
3: look at that big ass truck.
4: Big ass man.
3: Hello, big ass man.
6: Shop your way members, get big ass savings. Save 30 cents a gallon when you spend $50 or more at Kmart.
0: Meet the fuel efficient Ford Focus. Along with great handling, the Focus also comes with Girls Night Out, and Girls Night In, and road trips, and the senior route, and swimming. And weekly car washes. And making connections. And unexpected speed dates. Only Ford gives you EcoBoost fuel economy and a whole lot more. With so many ands,
8: where will you end up? The fuel-efficient Ford Focus. This is Gary Snyder from the Gary Snyder Show. And I have a couple of important questions for you. Do you need some extra cash? And do you have any scrap metal laying around? If you answered yes to either question, which we know you did, after all, this is Indiana, then you need to give Clarks a call today, 260-356-8314. That's 260-356-8314. Clarks wants all of your scrap metal, broken down appliances, old cars, computer parts, copper, aluminum and even your old cell phones. If it's scrap and if it's metal, Clark's wants it and they will pay top dollar for it. Clark's is located at 100 Heightsfield Street in Huntington and they are open weekdays from 8 to 4.30 p.m. Or just give them a ring, 260-356-8314. That's 260-356-8314. Clark's. They want all of your scrap metal.
6: Chapman's Brewing Company is Northeast Indiana's newest microbrewery. Located in Angola, Indiana, Chapman's is what it means to be local. Chapman's recently launched their American Ale Cider that is a unique combination of malted barley, cascade hops, and fresh apple juice that appeals to both beer drinkers and cider lovers alike. It is truly more than a beer and more than a cider. Three sips and you'll understand why we love it too. Visit chapmansbrewing.com for a retailer nearest you.
2: When you're looking for a new home, why not seek the counsel of a friend who happens to know the housing market like the back of her hand? Natalie Letterly of United Country Natalie L. Real Estate can answer all questions about buying or selling a home, and she can provide valuable information that's important to your family. Natalie will provide you with a detailed summary of area schools, nearby amenities, and homeowner testimonials about the neighborhood of your choice. Call Natalie, 260-388-9588, and start looking for your new home today.
5: More than just a show. It's life itself. It is everything.
0: It's a BS Sports Show. Hey, welcome back.
2: Mo Time is at Mo Radio Show on Twitter. I'm at Billy Elvis at BS Sports The Fan. And uh, we uh also have our Facebook pages as well and we love uh, i don't thoughts and feedback.
1: <laughs> well why would it happen, man? I, I'm in Facebook jail. Because What'd they you don't do? wh- they don't believe that my last name is really radio show. So they're trying to get me to have uh, one of those, you know, like pages or whatever. And so they shut me down uh until they can verify that that's my real name. So I've been I was shut down today by Facebook. Those vicious, heartless
2: bastards.
1: I don't think oh. I, I watched the social network like 3 times. Those dicks.
2: <laughs> uh hey, we're on with another uh, NBA expert we love to talk to. Uh editor uh the Sports Network Uh, and uh, covering the NBA at Jimbo Brighters on Twitter. Uh, Jim, the the finals are in the book, and uh, when it's all said and done, uh, maybe maybe top 20 memorable NBA finals?
9: Yeah, I think so. I mean, you saw a superhuman performance from LeBron James, so that's that's worth the price of admission. Um, I I think for you know, strategy and, and tactical maneuvering. If you're into coaching, I think this is a great series. I think Kerr made so many moves, and I even think Blatt had a pretty decent series, considering the hand he was playing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'll live to be 100 and not know why Sean Marion didn't make any appearance. But you know, I think he did the best that he could. I, I think it was a good finals. I think he had you had two marketable stars. The ratings bore out that it was. Uh, very good. So, you know, yeah. I you know I'm only 38. I say only 38. I'll be 39 on Monday. So <laughs> I don't really remember a lot of the finals. You know, let's say pre the Piston Bad Boys. Right. And some of those weren't great finals. You know, Jordan and the Jazz bored me. Jordan and the Sonics bored me. You know, Sun or uh, Suns. Good Lord, Spurs. Some of those titles were a little dull. But this was a good one. I thought it was a very good one.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: Was it better because was it almost better because Love and Kyrie weren't there? Did it make for a better storyline that interested more people with LeBron trying to do it by himself again?
9: Uh, I think I think you could think that way for a second, but then I think if you really want to, you know, if you really wanted to enjoy it, that was not the way to go. You know, it, if if they had been full strength, because let's be honest, after Game Three, it kind of turned into a round of a series. You know, they were competitive games, five and six. Four wasn't really very competitive at all. Cleveland was just, I mean, they were dead man walking. But the other games kind of turned ugly late, too. So from a competitive standpoint, you had the great little Cleveland run at the end of the night last night, but it wasn't really great. I'd rather have seen them on the floor. Seen what probably we could safely say at that point the two best teams in the league compete for a title. I like that.
2: Yeah, Uh, and that's to me what what what, you know what puts a a damper on it a bit that this wasn't the whole Cavaliers team. Um, I mean, I realize injuries are part of the game. But to me, that's what taints it. Uh, you know, it tainted it uh, for the Pistons' win against the Lakers way back when. You talked about the bad boys. You know, No Magic Johnson. Of course, the Pistons are going to sweep the Lakers in that series. Uh, I would have rather seen Magic play and have the Pistons win than Magic not play and the Pistons win.
9: Yeah, and you know, it, it, there's actually a comparison to be made between the two teams. Kyrie Irving was a third team All NBA guard,
2: mm-hmm. and the
9: third team All NBA guard was Clay Thompson. Now, mm-hmm. You could argue he really didn't show up for the series that much. But if Golden State wouldn't have had him, it would have been a very difficult route. Now, they had better depth in terms of protecting their thirteen guy, Matthew Delvadova versus Sean Livingston, even Barbosa. Even at that point, Igadala might have just started at the shooting guard, something like that. So they were better equipped to handle something like that. But... You know, I don't know many people would have taken the Warriors if Clay Thompson had hurt himself in Game One. So, you know, the, the injuries played such a huge part. And to anybody that thinks otherwise, I think Golden State would have won. I picked them in five before Irving got hurt, so I was big on the Warriors. But with Love and Irving at full strength, I think that could have been a, a hell
2: of a show. Well, I think also too at the same time, Jimbo, that uh, LeBron. Has put a lot on his shoulders, and you can see that on his face. You can read it in his body language in in press conferences. I mean, his play is is phenomenal and stellar, but the pressure he's put on himself to go back to Cleveland and, and you know all but guarantee a championship uh, is definitely evident on the man's face. Yeah, and you know
9: what's funny is he said he was very specific in in his essay that this isn't going to happen right away. Yeah, right. that was before they got Kevin Love. But you can read into the, the essay, he never mentioned Andrew Wiggins or Anthony Bennett. So,
3: right.
9: seemed I think we all knew that that deal was coming. So, to me, this was always house money. I don't think LeBron ever felt like this team, you know, once they got that far, certainly,
0: yeah,
9: we're in pretty good shape. We could maybe seek out a title right now. But... This isn't the, this isn't how the plan's supposed to go. So if it's that accelerated, fine. If not, I got my guys' playoff experience because that's important. Remember, Love and Irving never even played a playoff game until Game One of the Boston series. Mm. So I think this is a, a learning experience. Obviously, LeBron, you know, if you watched him last night, it looked like somebody shot his puppy. It was it was very difficult to watch. But I think that was not as much the pressure he put on himself. You know, I think it was a combination of, the, of maybe that the you know, being dejected, losing the finals. And that man was one tired dude. I yeah. mean, he put everything out there. I don't remember seeing the guy just look that exhausted because of how much he put into it.
1: Was this overall, Jim, the greatest finals performance we've seen in the modern era? Uh,
9: you know, I, I would think so. Um,. You know, the only ones that are jumping out to me are, I mean, I guess Jordan, you know, Jordan had just such memorable singular moments. And, I, you know, the shrugging the shoulders over to Magic, the layup. The the, yeah, the flu game, the shoving to Russell, you know, the layup where he goes in and shoots with the other hand, which I've always contended he never had to do. J.C. Yeah. Green wasn't moving with <laughs> was something, you know. Um, you know, uh, just off the top of my head, after that, I mean, Kobe had some amazing performances. Shaquille was dominant in the, in the early runs. Um, I, I I have to think it is. I mean, I thought his his series that they beat the Spurs was pretty remarkable too. If you remember that game seven after Allen hits that prayer in game six, game seven, really, it was him and. Uh, Oh, God, I'm drawing a total blank. Not Wade, not Bosch, the shooter, white guy. Um, Mike Miller? Miller. Yeah, you know, he really got no help in that game seven, and he kind of willed him to win that game. This, is, I think you can certainly say, irrespective of the fact he didn't win the MVP, I think it's easily the best performance by a losing player ever in finals history, with all due respect to Jerry West, who won the finals MVP. He was just, I mean... To lead the entire finals in points, rebounds, and assists of all the players is amazing. It's yeah. absolutely amazing. And those percentages in Game Five—what did he assist or score? Seventy-three of their eighty-nine points. Right. Did fourteen assists as a team last night. He had nine. I mean, that's that's obscene production. That's that's otherworldly. That's you know, I'll say it. that's better than Jordan because. Jordan had Pippen, Jordan had Rodman, Jordan had better supporting cast. I don't, I'm not saying LeBron's a better player than Jordan. I'll never say that because I don't believe that yet. But that performance was better than any Jordan performance in the finals, mm. except for the outcome, which is so, obviously big.
2: <laughs> Talking to Jimbo Brighters, uh, at Jimbo Brighters on the Twitter. Uh, all right, so now LeBron's got to go back to work as general manager uh, and, and part-time coach and, and, and help revamp the <laughs> roster. Uh, for, ne- for next season, and, and that includes himself. I mean, I don't think there's too many people thinking he's going to opt out. I think a lot of people think Kevin Love's going to opt out. Uh, J.R. Smith's all but said. He's gone, and I don't think LeBron cares. Uh, that team's going to have a little bit of a rebuild this off season. Well, I, I think, you know,
9: I wouldn't be totally surprised if LeBron did opt out, but I, he's not going anywhere. I mean, yeah. if he were to do – if he were to – if he opts out, he's going to restructure his deal in in a way to maybe make even a little more money next season right. before the real money starts coming in after next season with that TV deal. Love, I've always believed this, and I've got nothing to substantiate this, so don't take this as, as reporting or anything, just a theory based on you know listening for little subtle things in interviews. I think Love got a wink-wink deal to stay there that he made when he got traded. Um, obviously that can't be public if it is because, well, I mean, it's not technically tampering. He wants to wait for, you know, to opt out to get the big money. So I think Love is back. J.R. Smith, you know, he really did serve a nice purpose for them this year and, and played well other than the finals. But that deal was about Iman Shumpert. They needed a perimeter defender, and that's what they got. But Shumpert's a free agent, and Tristan Thompson's a free agent. And Mozgov has, I think it's a team option, and I'd be absolutely stunned if that wasn't picked up with Anderson Barajal's history. What they need to do, and it's very, very difficult, and there are a couple teams in the league that are like that. If you want to build a super team with three max-level guys, that's great, and Miami proved it can win. But you have to populate the rest of the roster with aging veterans who accept the minimum, and that will kill you if you don't watch what you're doing. You know, they had nothing to go to other than those seven guys that played. Absolutely nothing. He had no faith in Marion. He had minimal faith in Mike Miller. And that's what you're looking at again. And unless you get the right aging veteran, like a Ray Allen, who just didn't want to come back this year or didn't want to leave in Cleveland for four months, five months, you have a very hard time populating that roster with relevant depth. And that's going to be their problem again. Tristan Thompson's free agent, Shumpert's free agent, Vadova's a free agent. So I think that they've got some decisions to make, really hard decisions, you know. Tristan Thompson's fantastic, but you know, if I can get two players that can contribute for one, I think I got to look at
1: that. When you, when you sign a guy like Tristan Thompson next year though, and if he gets the big deal everybody thinks he's going to get, are you signing based on What you think he's going to be two or three years from now, not what he is next year? I mean, are you the kid's a young kid? Are you based on, you know, what you think, how great do you think he's going to be at 26 or 27, not at 23?
9: Well, I, I have a hard time with him, and I'll say this very clearly. I think he's fantastic at what he does. I really, really do. I think that there are so few guys in the NBA anymore that care about offensive rebounding, and he does, and it's fantastic because. I mean you could count in that series it was him and occasionally Draymond Green and then Livingston grabbed a lot of of long offensive rebounds but nobody cares about offensive rebounding and he does and he works hard at rebounding he works hard defensively but what NBA are we talking about now are we talking about the NBA we just watched because does a guy like Tristan Thompson have a big value in that NBA you know it's Stretch forwards. I hate the phrase, but it's what the NBA is becoming. You have to be able to shoot the basketball to have a a relevant home. Now, if he were to take a, a reasonable bench deal, then we flip the whole conversation because then he becomes a massive steal for what he can do. But if you're going to have Love at, let's assume at least very very close to a max deal, Mozgov's option gets picked up, and you have Verizel. You know, if you want to spend six, seven million dollars on, on Tristan Thompson, who will be, you know, a, a fourth or third big guy, that's a lot of money to pay. And then you're still going to, you know, you're going to have Iman Shumpert starting at the two, you know. Uh, who's going to back up Kyrie Irving? That's a huge position in the NBA because, let's face it, Kyrie's injury prone. You need somebody steady there. So do you bring Del Vadova back? They have a lot of uh, tricky decisions, and they have a lot of hard decisions, and ones I...
2: You know, I think you have to think really hard about guys like Delovito and Thompson. Yeah, uh talking to Jimbo Brighters, uh our NBA guru, I tell you what, uh you know, there's a possibility Jimmy Butler's not back in Chicago. Uh the Lance Stevenson's not going to be back in Charlotte. That's kind of a, a surprise. Uh you know, there might be uh there might be some shuffling in the east again to, to help out. Uh, the Cavaliers, because you know, no matter how many players they retain from this roster, or how many moves they make to to bolster the roster between now and next year, you know, right now, as of today, you know, where's the big threat in the East? Maybe the maybe a healthy Pacers team. Yeah,
9: I, I mean, I think a healthy Bulls team. I have always believed Jimmy Butler's back, and your partner there, and I have numerous times about you know what the play is there for Chicago. Right. I, I believe. At the end of the day, if they have to move Taj Gibson, you know, don't bring back Levy, I-, I think Jimmy Butler's staying in Chicago. If he stays, they're their primary threat. And, of course, they are being massively disrespectful to a team that won 60 games and the Atlanta Hawks. But they have issues, too. Carroll's a free agent. Millsap's a free agent. Mm-hmm. You know, but they, they. but then you look at a team like that that's, I mean, he's not going to be back and he wasn't there all season, Danny Ferry. But real smart decisions were made by that man before one – Terribly, terribly, terribly bad decision. Mm-hmm. He switched picks with Brooklyn, so they've got the 15th pick in the draft, and I think there's sneaky value all the way down to 20 in this draft. So I think Atlanta will still be there, but Chicago's their primary concern right now. Maybe Washington. It's hard to have a lot of faith in Toronto right now. So I think the Bulls are still relevant in that second team in the East conversation.
1: We've talked about the players in Cleveland, but you know, there's a big possibility that David Blatt doesn't return. Why is it in the NBA, and it seems maybe exclusive to them, where coaches who have winning records, who make it to the playoffs, get let go every year?
9: Because at this – and you're right. I think it is more reflective in the NBA than in other sports. I think what's a big issue in this sport, for some reason more than others, and it doesn't have any exclusivity in this realm – GMs feel like they're as good a basketball coaching minds as their coaches are. I really do believe that. And everybody wants, you know, the next great fit. Everybody wants the next Steve Kerr. So that's why you bring in a guy like Fred Hoiberg, who frankly to me had a team that was completely unprepared in the NCAA tournament. And you fire a guy like Dodo, who makes five straight playoffs, coach of the year, three years in a row in the top three in coach of the year voting. These personality clashes that exist, and you look at Mark Jackson. The Warriors win a title. Jackson implements this great defensive plan there. Gets, doesn't get along with ownership. Now he's working for ABC. It's this relationship you need to have with your upper management. And listen, you know we all have bosses. You know I'm not saying you got to be petunia kissers, but you need to get along with them. They're the ultimate bosses, and these guys. You know, I, I, it's a, more like a two-way street. I think I was a little unfair to the general manager to think that they're good basketball coaches because the basketball coaches don't want to be told anything. They just want to coach their team. Look at a guy like Thibodeau. He's got no life outside of being the head coach of, of the basketball. None. He's got no interests. He's, he lives basically at the practice facility. So he doesn't want anybody telling him his business. And that's not how it works.
2: Well, uh, Jimbo, who was your... NBA uh, NBA Finals MVP. Was was it Iguodala? Was it Curry? Was it LeBron?
9: You know, I went back and forth so much on on that debate. And I'll just be brief. I feel like to be an outside-the-box MVP candidate, there needs to be two things. Not a strong traditional candidate and massive statistical backup. And LeBron had both of that. But at the end of the day, I couldn't go for LeBron because how valuable are you if your team didn't win? There had to be somebody on the other team who was more valuable to the success and the finality of that series than LeBron. I think Igadala's insertion in the starting lineup changed the series. You know, I, I think Kerr deserves a lot of credit, but I couldn't vote for him for MVP, so I think I probably would have voted for
1: Igadala. With the NBA draft, uh, we're, uh, we're getting up to it quick. Uh, how do the first couple of picks line up? It seems like this is a spot where maybe L.A. could redeem themselves in the Lakers, but the way they've been run in the last few years, it's hard to say that they don't screw this up somehow. Where do, where do you see the first couple of picks falling on your big board?
9: Well, I haven't changed mine yet, but I think the wild card for everybody is Porzingis. I think right. everybody's getting just absolutely blown away by his workouts, and that's fine. That's good. You know, because these teams are in such bad shape at the top of this draft. They're not drafting for position. They're drafting for best available talent. I don't think Porzingis is still – I've never thought top two. I think the top two is still the big guys. I think – I've always believed Minnesota was a little more interested in Okafor than people thought, but I think they're going to take Towns, and I think that's the right move. And I think the Lakers are going to take Okafor too. And I think the Sixers then become an interesting wild card in the Porzingis Chase because Uh Sam Hankey you never know what the hell he's going to do, and he doesn't care about (laughs) what position the guy plays. He's going for the best available guy. Now, right now I still think they would take D'Angelo Russell at three. He he canceled a workout. He was in town today. So uh, there's clearly not a a, a sense from – at least I can't imagine the Sixers have a sense from the Russell camp like he doesn't want to be there or that the Lakers told him they were going to take him at two. So I think it still goes Russell. The Knicks become interesting at four. There are some reports that if they don't get one of those three guys, they're going to try and trade down. That's when somebody might move up for Porzingis that loves him. Maybe even Orlando at five. I think they love him. And you know, I, I read something that said that Porzingis, if people want him in Orlando. I, you know, they must love Disney World or something. <laughs> so I, I still think, Moutier probably is the guy to go at four. I don't think Coley Stein. I've never believed. I love Willie Cauley Stein. I, I don't imagine there's a basketball person that likes Cauley Stein more than I do. But uh, he can't go fourth, so I, I think it's still Moutier at four, Porzingis at five, and then from there, you know, I, I still think Cauley Stein at six to Sacramento makes a lot of sense. And then after with, that.
1: With drafting these foreign guys, aren't you always concerned that, especially high, that you whether you get Dirk or Darko? I mean, then they're always that, that that problem there.
9: Oh, oh yeah. I mean, I've always said no. It's and it's. it used to be a high school kid problem, too, because nobody wanted to be the guy that passed on Kevin Garnett. Taking the next Kevin Garnett. Mm. You do have to worry about, you know, it's a great way of putting it. Are you getting Darko or are you getting Dirk? And I, I think, I forget who I read today, somebody on the STN maybe, I'm not sure, but they said that, that Porzingis' commitment to basketball is very strong. He really, really loves the sport. So, That makes you think maybe he's at least better suited for a non-bust role, so to speak. But it's a roll of the dice. It -hmm. all is. I mean, we, you know, Anthony Davis is a no-brainer. LeBron was a no-brainer. You know, but look at other guys that have gone number one. Michael Candy, Anthony Bennett. I think Bennett's two years away from being out of the NBA if he doesn't get it going. (laughs) Right, right. So
2: Uh, it it is a crapshoot.
9: You have to do your research as best you can
2: hope for the best. <laughs> good stuff. Uh, Sportsnetwork.com NBA editor Jim Brighters, at Jimbo Brighters on Twitter. Always uh, a pleasure, my friend. Can we get you on uh, uh, around draft time? Talk more about that next week? Absolutely. 100%. Good stuff. All right, man. Well, hey, have a great night, and uh, we'll talk again soon, pal. Sounds
9: good. Thanks for having me, guys.
2: All right. Yeah, follow him on Twitter. Good follow, good stuff uh, from uh, Jim Brighters. Uh, I I liked his analysis uh, of the NBA Finals MVP. You know, ultimately, you know, uh, I mean, Iguodala's not a bad choice, uh, and it's always something that's going to be up for debate, but uh, does it really matter? I don't think Steph Curry cares uh, because he's got his NBA championship and his league MVP trophy, and uh, LeBron doesn't care that he's not the MVP because he wanted to win it. So, you know, either way, it's just kind of
1: a fun debate. Yeah, you know, I I don't know. I, I had a hard time, too, with the, uh, the writer from the Akron Beacon Journal, LeBron's hometown, not voting for him. Know. You know, I thought that, and that's a ballsy move because, okay, you get your name in the paper for a day if you're that writer, but what if LeBron cuts off access to you? You know, we saw well, Michael I mean, do that a lot. I mean, we saw Jordan do that to a bunch of reporters. You know, who had to move to other gigs or other papers because he would cut off he would cut off access.
2: There there are those though that simply say how can one be an MVP if his team didn't win the championship? Uh and and so maybe he just falls into that category. Uh I know this. Uh one more stat for Steph Curry that, you know, uh he can he can chalk up to his magical season uh with uh him making history as the only NBA player to defeat all four other members of the all NBA first team in a single postseason. Oh, Anthony wow. Davis Anthony Davis, Marcus Paul, James Harden and then King James so uh of course that's kind of luck of the draw but uh, the nice little uh, It's amazing though. Nice little notch in his belt. <laughs> I beat everybody else's team that was on the all NBA first team.
1: Well, and there will be the big guy. You you just mentioned. That I think that's going to be the most coveted free agent this off season will be Mark Gasol from Memphis. Yeah, Memphis yeah. keep him there, or you know, people have talked about the Knicks because he would be great running the triangle. But I don't know that he goes there. But Mark Gasol will be the piece everybody waits for to fall. It'll be where does he go, and then what do you do? Because does Cleveland keep another big guy? Do they keep Tristan Thompson and Mozgov if he stays in the if he comes to the East? You know, it'll it'll determine I think what a lot of teams do where Mark Gasol winds up.
2: Yeah, you're right, and there's still Vergeau in the mix for next year, too. So so he'd be the guy uh, I'd be dumping. (laughs) Vergeau might have been a valuable asset more than even uh, Love or Kyrie in this NBA Finals, but uh, we'll never know. Uh, I tell you what, I want to spend a little time on uh, the next guy that has a chance to end that uh, curse in Cleveland of championships, Johnny Manziel. Of course, it's going to be a reach. It's going to be a reach. I want to spend a little time on Johnny Football next, though, before we get to Captain of the Comets, Kaylee Shrock at eight o'clock, uh, and that'll be all about the Blackhawks and the Stanley Cup with Shrocky uh, at schrocky seventy nine on Twitter. Uh, so stick around. Wrap it up. Hour number one next. Mo Times at Mo Radio Show. I'm at Billy Elvis at BS Sports, the fan. It's the BS Sports Show. Hi, this is Billy Elvis, and along with Mo Time, we host the B.S. Sports Show, now on Yahoo Sports Radio Indiana, which can be found at indianasportsradio.com. Tune in for our unique slant on the world of sports, covering your teams in the state of Indiana, as well as the top national stories, too. The B.S. Sports Show. I'm at Billy Elvis, Moe Time's at Mo Radio Show, at B.S. Sports, the fan. Now on Yahoo Sports Radio Indiana, at indianasportsradio.com.
4: At McDuff Realty Group, their top priority is helping you achieve maximum results from the purchase or sale of your home. With over 20 years of marketing and sales experience, Joe Shoemaker and his team will provide you with an aggressive, passionate strategy that delivers the results you expect. For real estate services in central Indiana, call Joe Shoemaker at 317-413-8501 or visit online at mcduffrealty.com.
5: At Rulph Home Mortgage, we understand that every borrower is different, so we offer a variety of products to meet your individual mortgage financing needs, including conventional, FHA, VA, USDA, new construction, first-time home Buyers, reverse mortgages, and, of course, refinancing. Want to learn more? Just call Brian Graham, the Mortgage Man, at 260-248-8333 or visit him online at ruhoff.com backslash Brian Graham. And let them help
3: you finance the home of your dreams.
2: Hi, this is Billy Elvis, and along with Mo Time, we host the BS Sports Show weekdays from seven to nine. And every Friday, as well as Monday, we're at Wrigley Field Bar and Grill, with Fort's Best Damn Sports Bar. Fridays, it's part of the original weekend starter party with the all-you-can-eat wing and fish buffet, eight fifty adults, four bucks for kids, and great prizes. And Monday, lots of special guests, including Comet head coach Gary Graham and Matt Ants head coach Connor Henry. It's the BS Sports Show weekdays seven to nine, and at Wrigley Field Bar and Grill. In georgetown north every monday and friday night when you're looking for a new home why not seek the counsel of a friend who happens to know the housing market like the back of her hand natalie letterly of united country natalie l real estate can answer all questions about buying or selling a home and she can provide valuable information that's important to your family natalie will provide you with a detailed summary of area schools nearby amenities and homeowner testimonials about the neighborhood of your choice Call Natalie, 260-388-9588, and start looking for your new home today.
6: Okay, so what do you have? Ryan, what do you think?
4: Oh, uh... Oh, um... Well,
6: gang, it ain't for leaders. They're too busy making plays happen. Answering the call, earning their big boy pants. Isn't it time to be the leader you were born to be? The playbook's right there, Captain. What's the cost? We'll have nachos, fried pickles, pretzels, buffalitos, honey barbecue wings, and waters. All around. Right. Grab a seat. The game is on. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wing, beer, sports.
4: Ugh, I hate these big ass prices. Sounds like you could use some big ass savings. I'd love some big ass savings. Kmart Shop Your Way members, save 30 cents a gallon.
7: 30 cents a gallon? That's a big-ass discount. Big-ass discount.
4: A really big-ass discount. Really big-ass discount. Honey, this solves your big-ass problem. Totally solves my big-ass problem. Yeah, look
3: at that big-ass truck.
4: Big-ass man.
3: Hello, big-ass man.
6: Shop your way, members. Get big-ass savings. Save 30 cents a gallon when you spend $50 or more at Kmart.
0: Meet the fuel-efficient Ford Focus. Along with great handling, the Focus also comes with Girls' Night Out and Girls' Night In and road trips and the scenic route and swimming and weekly car washes and making connections and unexpected speed dates. only Ford gives you EcoBoost fuel Economy and a whole lot more with so many ands where will you end up? the
8: fuel efficient Ford Focus this is Gary Snyder from the Gary Snyder Show and I have a couple of important questions for you do you need some extra cash And do you have any scrap metal laying around? If you answered yes to either question, which we know you did after all, this is Indiana, then you need to give Clarks a call today. 260-356-8314. That's 260-356-8314. Clarks wants all of your scrap metal, broken down appliances, old cars, Computer parts, copper, aluminum, and even your old cell phones. If it's scrap and if it's metal, Clark's wants it and they will pay top dollar for it. Clark's is located at 100 Heightsfield Street in Huntington, and they are open weekdays from 8 to 4:30 p.m. Or just give them a ring: 260-356-8314. That's 260-356-8314. One four, Clark's. They want all of your scrap metal.
6: Chapman's Brewing Company is Northeast Indiana's newest microbrewery. Located in Angola, Indiana, Chapman's is what it means to be local. Chapman's recently launched their American Ale Cider that is a unique combination of malted barley, cascade hops, and fresh apple juice that appeals to both beer drinkers and cider lovers alike. It is truly more than a beer and more than a cider. Three sips and you'll understand why we love it too. Visit chapmansbrewing.com for a retailer nearest you.
5: So much more than just a show. It's life itself. It is everything.
0: It's the BS Sports Show. And
2: welcome back. I'm at Billy Elvis on Twitter. Uh, Mo is at Mo Radio Show on Twitter. At BS Sports, the fan. Thank you for tuning in. Heading towards hour number two, which begins with Kaylee Schrock, captain of the Comets, at Schrocky79 on Twitter, uh, spending some time on his beloved Blackhawks and the dynasty that they are now with their third Stanley Cup win in six years and the rally. Tomorrow, Grant Park Parade, fun stuff in Chicago, the third time in six years. Uh, it's kind of old hat uh, for Chicago to come out and celebrate a Blackhawks Stanley Cup, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I'm still waiting to bust out that Cubs World Series champion one. But, yeah, the Blackhawks <laughs> one, It's definitely uh, that one that definitely has gotten some use.
2: Hey, uh, to add to Cleveland's misery, the Cubbies are whooping on the Tribe 6-0 right now in the second inning. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we well, shut the cup out yesterday, so. It's yeah, bit. that's true. That's true. Uh, and, you know, we talked about, you know, that drought in Cleveland that goes back to 1964. The Browns, the last team to bring a title to the mistake by the lake known as Cleveland. How about Johnny Manziel uh, talking, saying he'll no longer do his trademark money sign. Uh, yeah, the money sign will not be back. I will not be making it out there. Uh, Manziel growing up, Manziel saying what we want to hear. Uh, what's your take on that, folks? I got mine.
1: Well, I think the reason he's not going to be making it is because you have to be on the field to do it.
2: I mean, I mean <laughs> you know,
1: that's the that's the problem. No, here's the thing. I don't buy a thing he's saying, and here's why: because he he says certain things, and certain people have said their certain things since his rehab. But yet you keep seeing him show up to different events. You know, you saw him show up at the Byron Nelson. He was in the front row at Monday Night Raw the other night. And I don't begrudge somebody having fun, but if you're trying to tell me you've changed. You're still doing the same stuff you've done before. The Johnny football persona was too much. He says, okay, well, that's fine. You know, but uh, you fed into it just as much as anybody. And I I told you earlier, I thought this was a, uh, you know, he's he's with LeBron's uh, management team. He comes out and says this stuff the day after LeBron loses the finals. I mean, coincidence? Uh, You know.
2: (laughs) Well, um, there's this, there's this, there's this hope that that Johnny Menzel still will have an NFL career. Uh, We saw absolutely zero signs of it last year, uh, which was followed by rehab, uh, and and now him saying, hey, that money sign uh, is not going to be back. Okay, well, to me, that's a step in the right direction for Johnny football if he wants to try to salvage a career and not completely flame out. But there's more to it than that, Mo. Uh, and And it has nothing to do with being seen at, at a WWE event. It has nothing to do with being seen, partying, or anything like that. It has everything to do with working and uh, acting like you want to be an NFL star. Uh, because I'm starting to get the the feeling that things came a little easy for him, and Johnny Manziel did what Johnny Manziel wanted to do when he was at Texas A&M. Now he's with the big boys. And now he's going, holy crap, you know what? you got to do some work up here at this level. Even if you're... A Tom Brady, or even if you're a Peyton Manning, or even if you're an Aaron Rodgers, you got to do work at this level.
1: He hasn't put in the work, man. Well, and that's why I have the problem with him continuing to go to all these events all over the country because I still don't feel he's putting in the work. You know, you got guys like you know Peyton and Brady and Rodgers and Luck. Those guys don't leave those those film rooms. You know, they don't they don't leave the the practice field early. And he's just not that cat. You know, you don't see Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning and, and those guys jumping on planes uh, during the two days off. It's just. I don't think he's changed. Maybe he doesn't drink anymore. Okay, but I think he likes the lifestyle too much, and I don't believe for a second that uh, he's going to be an NFL quarterback until he really. Uh, he's probably going to need a year out of the league. You know, he's going to need a Tim 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 Tebow sabbatical to really get his act together. Yeah, well, and then there's that factor
2: that, you know, a lot of those guys that are where they are in the NFL. Uh, matter of fact, most of the guys that are where they are in the NFL. Uh, didn't grow up with silver spoons in their mouths. You know, the, they worked really hard to get where they are. You know, Richard Sherman worked real hard to get out of a, the, the the ghetto in Los Angeles and get to Stanford and, and make an NFL career. Johnny Manziel's a rich kid, you know. Johnny Manziel's yeah. done whatever he's wanted his entire life. So who's to say that's ever going to change for a guy like that?
1: Well, and a guy like Brady and a guy like Rogers, they had to sit. And, yeah, you know, yeah. a lot of these quarterbacks don't do not do that much anymore. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, that's they, they have nothing to do but spend time to try to get on the field. And Manziel had that opportunity, and he still didn't do it. You know, he's, he, I, I don't mm-hmm. think that he changes. And I don't know that his, his talent uh, translates here. You know, it, with uh, Kevin Sumlin at, at A&M, uh, you know, it was able to be big numbers. I don't know that it is in the NFL.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, you know, as we say, you know, Johnny Manziel... Um says he couldn't handle the Johnny Football persona that had been well, he, created around him. No, uh, but he, he sure he, he sure seemed to he sure seemed to want to own it, didn't he?
1: Well, he created it. He trademarked it. I mean, he's the one. He became Johnny. It was his choice. You know, when, when I was in, in pro wrestling, I didn't choose to become my character every day, all day. Now I did for a while and was a humongous douche because of it, but. Johnny Manziel embraced it and became that person. Remember when he tweeted out after he got that parking ticket, he just couldn't wait to get the hell out of A&M? You know, it, Right. It, it, he would have been smart, I think, to stick around another year. And, you know, with the the quarterbacks this year, who knows where he would have gone. It, it could have been maybe top ten. But I think that he fed into every single bit of that. He thought he was above the law and he could do whatever he wanted. And now he got to the NFL and got the reality check that everybody hoped that he would get. And I think that people hope that Jameis Winston will get and uh, you know he's brought back down to earth, and it was it was nice to see. And if he's humbled by it, I'll be shocked because I don't think he's changed.
2: My take on it is is that Johnny Manziel is telling us what we want to hear. He's exactly. not he's not asking for an apology because he's going to try to change his ways. He, he's telling us what we want to hear. That that's all I'm getting out of all this, and uh, and, and that's all I get out of him uh, as I've tried to analyze him since he first came into. Uh, uh, into the spotlight in his freshman year on his way to getting that Heisman trophy. Uh, it's just, he, he's this kid that uh, says one thing and does another. And, uh, and telling us what we want to hear is not a way for you to redeem yourself and and redeem your career uh, or even have a career uh, in the NFL. Johnny Menzel, you got to believe it. You got to ask for an apology. You got to recognize what you did wrong and you've got to change your ways. Otherwise uh, it's just lip service, man.
1: You know who he and other guys could learn from, and this is going to sound strange because this guy's a marginal player. But the guy who asked to redeem himself and did it the best, in my opinion, was a couple of years ago with Riley Cooper. He showed up outside the practice facility, yeah. let, told the reporters just to fire away at him. He didn't have a prepared statement. He didn't do it. He answered every single question. I thought, to me, that was the best uh, uh, athlete apology that I'd ever seen. No, no prepared statement. No, no agent. No manager. He stood there and said, all right, guys, go ahead, fire away. And I, yeah. I, I, gained, a bit, I gained a lot of respect for him that day. I, I, what he did was completely wrong, but I gained a lot of respect for him. And I think that's one of the reasons that Mike Vick went to bat for him uh, as well. Uh, when one of the first ones to come out. But I thought Riley Cooper uh, did it the best. And, You're right. You know, you got to let guys just fire away. Apologies are rare in the
2: first place. I mean Brady hasn't apologized for anything uh no. uh nobody on the Patriots has apologized for anything uh truthfully uh and then there are apologies that are completely insincere uh you know like the apology uh um um uh braun ryan braun made in 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 milwaukee oh, after, we, after we knew he lied after 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 he, he lied to good friends and tried to throw other people under the bus and then and then you you want us to accept that lame ass apology man?
1: Uh, no, I, uh, that was awful. I don't think there's a player I hate more in sports than Ryan Braun. I think he could be the biggest dick ever in sports. He ruined that poor one, that poor guy's career. That uh, that urine yeah. sample collector. I mean, he ruined that guy's life. That guy's in therapy uh you know i don't think there was a bigger dick ever in sports because of that and and you're right and so everybody waited for the apology that next year and it was one of the worst most egotistical uh unapologetic apologies i've ever heard
3: yeah yeah
1: so, you know,
2: I guess uh, we've got to wait and see. But to me, uh, Johnny Manziel isn't healed, and, and, and uh, I don't see anything that tells me his sophomore season is going to be any better than his rookie season. But we'll have to wait and see. Hey, let's get that break in. Let's get to our number two, Captain of the Comets, Kaylee Schrock, standing by, talking Blackhawks and Stanley Cup and Dynasty with uh, our buddy at Schrocky79 on Twitter. Comet Captain Kaylee Schrock next. Our number two is next. Mo Times, at Mo Radio Show. I'm at Billy Elvis at BS Sports The Fan. It's the BS Sports Show. Hi, this is Billy Elvis, and along with Motime, Time, we host the BS Sports Show, now on Yahoo Sports Radio Indiana, which can be found at indianasportsradio.com. Tune in for our unique slant on the world of sports, covering your teams in the state of Indiana, as well as the top national stories, too. The BS Sports Show. I'm at Billy Elvis, Motimes at Mo Radio Show, at BS Sports The Fan. Now on Yahoo Sports Radio Indiana, at indianasportsradio.com.
4: At McDuff Realty Group, their top priority is helping you achieve maximum results on the purchase or sale of your home. With over 20 years of marketing and sales experience, Joe Shoemaker and his team will provide you with an aggressive, passionate strategy that delivers the results you expect. For real estate services in central Indiana, call Joe Shoemaker at 317-413-8501 or visit online at mcduffrealty.com.
5: At Rulph Home Mortgage, we understand that every borrower is different, so we offer a variety of products to meet your individual mortgage financing needs, including conventional, FHA, VA, USDA, new construction, first-time home Buyers, reverse mortgages, and, of course, refinancing. Want to learn more? Just call Brian Graham, the Mortgage Man, at 260-248-8333 or visit him online at Rulph.com backslash Brian Graham. And let them help you finance the home of your dreams.
2: Hi, this is Billy Elvis, and along with Mo Time, we host the BS Sports Show weekdays from seven to nine. And every Friday, as well as Monday, we're at Wrigley Field Bar and Grill, with Fort's best damn sports bar. Fridays, it's part of the original weekend starter party with the all-you-can-eat wing and fish buffet, eight fifty adults, four bucks for kids, and great prizes. And Monday, lots of special guests, including Comet head coach Gary Graham and Matt Ants head coach Connor Henry. It's the BS Sports Show weekdays seven to nine, and at Wrigley Field Bar and Grill in georgetown north every monday and friday night when you're looking for a new home why not seek the counsel of a friend who happens to know the housing market like the back of her hand natalie letterly of united country natalie l real estate can answer all questions about buying or selling a home and she can provide valuable information that's important to your family natalie will provide you with a detailed summary of area schools nearby amenities and homeowner testimonials about the neighborhood of your choice Call Natalie, 260-388-9588, and start looking for your new home today.
0: It's the B.S. Sports Show. I'm not going to say that I didn't
1: deserve applause, because it did. Sadness all around uh, for Cleveland. Uh, today's B.S. Show, LeBron and the Cavs don't get it done last night. Uh, the Indians losing to the Cubs, which you know, great here, and uh, and Johnny Manziel with maybe one of the most uh, insincere uh, unapologies that uh, we've ever heard, and, and we'll get into more uh, with uh, with Johnny Manziel and the finals coming up, but uh, right now our our good pal Kaylee Schrock, the captain of the Comets, joins us as uh, we look forward and celebrate that uh, Blackhawk Stanley Cup victory. Uh, did you <coughs> expect a Game Six? Like uh, you saw the other night, I know you were concerned that maybe Chicago would be a little too over eager with it at home, uh, and they came out and played amazing. What do you think of the Blackhawks' performance in Game Six?
7: I thought it was uh, I thought it was a great performance. I was picking probably either Chicago to blow them out of the water. Or I was picking Tampa in a, in a close game, and lucky uh, I was wrong.
2: Hey, uh, Shrocky. Um, there's some analysis. Uh, the word dynasty has been brought up more than once, uh, mainly by me on this show, but but all, but all over the country. And uh, and I saw Scott Burnside's story uh, about uh, the ranking of the dynasties. He ranks this Chicago team uh, number five all-time uh, on the list of dynasties. Of course, uh, numero uno, uh, the Canadians of the 70s. Uh, number two, the Canadians of the 50s. Number three, the Islanders of the '80s, early '80s, uh, the Oilers, the Gretzky Oilers of the '80s, yeah, and uh, and then the Blackhawks at number five. That's pretty
3: impressive.
7: It is, you know, um, you know, and I'm still unsure whether or not I would like to call them a dynasty or not. <laughs> um, you know, it's so hard in this day and age with the salary cap and you know free agency the way it is um, to retain your players, but. I guess in this day and age, I guess you could call it a, a dynasty. No, um, what, what, but yeah, what I mean, I call- the thing is that the Kings win next year. They've won three in five years. Can you have two dynasties at once?
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but they went to the Western Conference Finals in nine and uh, in oh nine and uh, in last year too, though.
1: Yeah,
7: that's true. But can you have two dynasties at once? That's my question. Yeah,
1: I think you
3: know,
7: uh, uh,
1: Yeah, go ahead, Mo. Yeah, I think in this day and age, you almost have to, but. You know, I thought Doc Emmerich had a great line the other day that maybe these are the ones like, like the Blackhawks and, and the San Francisco Giants and possibly the Kings. You, you make them a dynasty with the lowercase d instead of a big d. But I think in this day and age, what they've done is amazing, the fact that they've even been able to keep this group around as long as they have, because this team's going to change next year uh, with uh, with 12 contracts up. It's going to change. and I think you. Ha- Otherwise, I don't think we have a dynasty again. I mean, I really don't. Yeah, I mean...
7: Things are going to change, but, I mean, you know, things have changed so much from their first – I mean, you know, they've done a great job of keeping their core intact. And I don't think that Kane, Taves, Seabrook, and Keith are going to go anywhere. And I think as long as you have those four guys, uh, they're going to get guys around them that will make them competitive. And I don't think that – I just don't see them, like, missing the playoffs like the Kings would. I think they're always going to be competitive. Until Kane and Taze are out of their uh, prime. That's just my opinion. They still have Duncan Keith, who, you know, arguably the best defenseman in the NHL. Mm -hmm. I just, it's going to be tough, I I think, for them to not be competitive for a while.
2: Well, I mean, come on. Taze, Kane, uh, Keith, Hosa, all Hall of Famers, all Hall of Famers. Uh, Quinville's going to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, and, and, let's yes. not for, and, and let's not forget the special consultant Scotty Bowman, who
1: just got his fourteenth oh, ring.
2: He got his fourteenth ring. What's all G's?
1: What's all G's, Mo? <laughs> that's, that's the only way we talk about Detroit anymore is how they're uh, how they're helping the Blackhawks.
2: I did not use the word Detroit a <laughs> hole. And Scotty Bowman's pedigree was built long before he helped I the Motor know. City win a couple trophies. So shut up. I'm talking about how great a man Scotty Bowman is. And how much help he had in the turnaround of that franchise, which was a cellar dweller, and then all of a sudden in 2009 uh, they become a dynasty. They become a respected organization out of nowhere. Scotty Bowman had a hand in that, you know that, don't you, Shrocky?
7: Oh, absolutely, he did. And uh, you know,
2: it's
7: you know uh, his son had a part of that. Uh, like you yep. said, Quinville, it's like a perfect storm, man. And uh, but no, obviously I'm so thankful for. Uh, you know, to have Scotty Bowman on board. I mean, just think about the knowledge and, you know, like he's he's always had a way of making the people around him in an organization better. And, you know, when Scotty Bowman's around, you better make sure you're doing your job because, you know, he's watching and um, I'm sure he, you know, a, a lot of things that the people did to have success in an organization set off Scotty Bowman. And a lot of it they learned from him.
1: Who's the most important piece that the Blackhawks need to bring back? Who the who needs to be the number one focus of the guys whose contracts are up this season? Or right now?
7: You know, I, I don't even think it matters. I, I don't. As long as I mean you know, Sharp I, I don't think he'll be back, although I don't know if his contract is up. Um they might need to move him to free up space. Um but that guy's replaceable because they have guys like you know, Saad and Tara Vinen. and, you know, they're just – it's just like waves and waves of talent on that team. And and really, you look at that last series, it wasn't the Kane and uh, Tave show. Maybe game seven, you know, Kane had a big – he had a big night game seven. But it was like, you know, Saad, guys like Vermette, you know, these other players that are making these um, plays to help them win. And I really don't think they're – there's a right answer to that question,
2: yeah uh talking to captain of the comments Kaylee schrock at schrocky seventy nine on twitter uh how cool would it be to go up? How tempted are you to get up and go to Chicago tomorrow for that parade buddy
7: oh man i I wouldn't come back alive that's the thing <laughs> you know it'd be it'd be it would be a lot of fun there's no doubt about it. It'd be a lot of fun, but um you know i i'll i'll will hear about it i mean it would be fun you know, I I don't know. Maybe I need to call my friend and just be spontaneous um, and just go. But
3: um,
7: it it would be it would be unreal. But you know, I've uh, just something about you know, like being in the parade here. It's it's nothing like uh, like it would be in Chicago. But it's just it's just more fun when you you win. Like I'm a guy that I don't think it could be any more euphoric for me the night they won. Like that was it for me. You know, now the parade and stuff, that, that wouldn't get me as excited. Although it would be fun to go to go party in, in Chicago, but at the mm-hmm. same time I'm just the type of guy, hey, you know, I you know I, I had my joy and uh and everything when when they won game six the other night. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I, I felt the it same way it, i felt the same way you did and then a couple of years ago I went. And it, it is a it was a mind blowing experience. It was one of the craziest things I've ever been a part of. And I went up to see a couple of the Bulls parades, but man, oh man the way that the town has fallen in love with this team, it almost makes you want to say that they've unseated the Bears as the number one team in Chicago. The love for this Blackhawks team, unreal.
7: Yeah, and, uh, you know, I was talking to one of the um, one of the ladies in the comet office who was in Chicago. It would have been the day before they won, and she said it was just like a crazy feeling in the city, just walking around. Everyone had their Chicago stuff on, and it was just like, it was that nervous that nervousness that hey like we have a chance to win in chicago and just every it was just the city was just buzzing and uh you know i i just know the atmosphere would be great and you know maybe you're right maybe if i went i i would think differently about it but you know i just don't know how it could get much much better than just finally them winning and i'm just like wow this is you know three championships and, and you don't realize how hard it is they make it look so easy. You don't. You don't realize right. how hard it is to win a championship.
2: Mm-hmm.
7: You know, I mean, it's 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 incredible.
2: So, of these three championships, uh, Shockey, which one do you think was the most impressive run for the Blackhawks? Oh, it's tough too. Um, I mean, they're all hard runs. You point that out. It's not easy ever. But which which run was the most impressive?
7: You know, I would say. 2013 was pretty tough
3: yeah. <clears throat>
7: because, you know, being down to the, to the Red Wings um, and then having to, and then having to beat the Kings and then having to beat the Bruins and scoring two goals in 17 seconds in Boston to do that, um, to not force a game seven, that was pretty cool because, and you know, this year had a lot of similarities, you know, you their second round, no one will remember that they beat the Wild, but they, those were all one-goal games. They, You know, they swept them. But, mm-hmm. you know, Nashville was a scare just like Detroit when, you know, they had Scott Darling in that. I mean, think about that. They didn't even know who their starting goalie was. Mm-hmm. They were having goalie drama in the first round, and Nashville was a great team. You know, they had some missing pieces. If Nashville was healthy, Chicago may not have won the Cup. And then, you know, to do obviously what they – they did in the last two series i mean it's it's pretty impressive who who they you know went through to, to get there
1: we're talking about the captain of the comments kaylee schrock I, I have an 11 year old daughter who's a humongous kaylee schrock fan and uh, she listened to the the interview the other night and i promised i would ask she said after having your picture taken as a nine-year-old with steve fletcher and having that in your locker still what was it like for you then to become the captain of the comments after you you know the nine years old having your picture with Fletcher and then becoming the actual captain of the comments what was that feeling like for you
7: yeah, it was crazy. I mean, I, re- I remember uh, as soon as they announced uh, that I would be team captain, it was halfway through, um, let's see, we've been not this past season, but the year before, and, you know, our team was kind of a shipwreck, and it was kind of a sinking ship, and, you know, I just felt so much pressure. And then we we started to play better, and it was just like, wow, this is a lot of fun. You know, like it became fun after we started to win some games, and, um, you know, I – and. It was just fun because of the guys that were there too, and and my teammates, someone who have played with me, uh, you know, they really gave me a lot of confidence, and I don't think I would have, I don't think um, I would have felt the same way with, without them. And uh, but it, it was an amazing feeling, and uh, you know, it, it's been a, it's been a lot of fun to be to be a leader of that team, and you know, I, I think is you know I think of guys like you know Colin Chin and Colin Chalk and you know Guido Pui, I mean to to, to say that I I wore the C just like them—that's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, you know, and it's uh, part of that long history of the Comets that that drives the franchise to continued success. I mean, you got all that legacy to think about as you uh, as you suit up, and uh, and we hope uh, it's at least for another year, uh, Kaylee Schrock, uh, that you're captain of the Comets. Uh, but we know we'll be in touch uh, a, a lot, as a matter of fact. Uh you and I'll be uh, making our second uh, annual appearance in the Easter Seals Arc basketball game tomorrow night at Shawnee Middle School. Uh you and I both play a, a, a more, you know, uh a horizontal uh version of basketball than vertical. Um <laughs> uh, but hey, you know, uh we get it done. There's I believe wrong you I that. I believe you had about 20 put-back points last year, didn't you? Uh just by hanging out in the
3: paint. Yeah,
7: I- yeah, I I don't play basketball sexy at all. I just I just go to the <laughs> rim, wait for rebounds, out muscle, and uh, you know get the easy baskets. You know,
3: <laughs>
7: there's nothing flashy about it. But you know, I'm I'm hoping if you know if they limit uh, Rump's minutes and he doesn't get all the time on the floor this year, I'm I'm hoping <laughs> I could get a triple double. We'll see. Well,
3: you going to
1: wasn't it Rump's ahead, shots? But... It, it, wasn't it Rump's bricks that got you the twenty putbacks? <laughs>
2: that was part of it.
3: it
1: well,
7: yeah, it was. But it was. I was more impressed with him on the defensive, end. I think uh, he might have had uh, he might have had double digit block total last year in that game. Hey,
2: um, truck, which is really you, saying
7: a lot. Do
2: me a favor, man. Bring bring your gloves. Bring your hockey gloves. And just at one point in the game. Go out there and challenge one of those Arc Easter Seals kids. Just drop the gloves and see if he'll go with you, just for the fun of it. I want to see the look on the, I want to see the, look on the kid's face. You know that that would just, be a
7: lot. Just of fun. for a that joke. Be, yeah, well, I don't know. There's, you know, we, they had that one kid last year that got pretty upset on the floor.
3: And <laughs> I, I, I don't
7: bet. <laughs> I wouldn't have bet on myself against him dropping about that picture, <laughs> Billy.
1: Sure. Billy I, would, I, I went, I got, I went through one of those moments when we were doing a pro wrestling event, and I got my ass kicked by one of those <laughs> Easter <laughs> kids. So I would say you don't do it. You don't do it. It was like it was like when the dog was humping your leg. You just, I just had to wait till he was done kicking my ass, so they could pull him off me. Well, well
2: that does not surprise me about you one bit. Man. I mean,
1: he just beat the crap out of me.
2: Uh, by the way, uh, all, all, all in jest, and all a fundraiser for the basketball program at Easter Seals Ark, and the, and the game's at seven o'clock tomorrow at uh, Shawnee Middle School on Cook Road, just down from Northrop. And, and, and Shrocky will be there, and uh, uh, WoWo personalities will be there, uh, ESPN radio personalities. Uh, I'll be out there, and, and it'll just be a good time to help that basketball program. So come on out, and Shrocky, thanks for uh, coming out tomorrow night, man.
7: No, absolutely, I'm I'm excited for it. Last year we had a lot of fun, so. It was you know it was a lot of fun being out there and uh, I actually went to speak to um to some of the students there at Easter Seals Uh um two years ago I have a funny story it was you know I was shaking hands and there was there was a guy in there and you know he uh he pulled out his hand and I went to shake his hand it was like the last guy to leave the classroom and he just he pulled me in, and gave me a little kiss on the neck, and,
3: and
7: <laughs> I just looked at. I just, you know, my my girlfriend just starts dying laughing, and I I start laughing because it's you know it's pretty funny. And the lady apologized but, you know it was just it was just a funny experience. I, I just didn't kind of caught me off guard there. Yeah.
3: You know? so, <laughs> it,
7: totally it's
1: so that, that every time you come on, you have a Tommy Schegler story. I, I just don't know how you do it. <laughs>
3: Hey. Well, you no, know,
7: I saw Tommy yesterday. I was doing the the Andrew Luck uh, change the play. I actually got to talk to Andrew Luck. It was pretty cool. And Tommy uh-huh. was out there, um, you know, MCing the thing. But they had me in the push up pyramid, though. I wasn't happy about that. I did probably about 750 push ups yesterday. I can't oh, move. Today. Oh, man. Oh.
1: So, what was Luck like? Was he a, was he a decent dude? Pretty low key.
7: Awesome dude. Awesome dude. Like he came up to me. Like I didn't want to bother him because everyone's asking for the you know, everyone wants a picture and, you know, he's there to work with a kid. And, uh, you know, of course I'm an, and you know, I, I would have got my picture with him in a heartbeat, but I, I opted not to and just kind of was giving him his space. And he came up to me and said, so you're the, you know, you're the pro hockey player. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I played the double a level here in here in Fort Wayne. He's like, man, that's cool. He's telling me he's a sharks fan because he went to Stanford and got into hockey out there and that's where I played junior. So, you know, he had some wow. knowledge on the sport. There's no doubt. And, cool. uh, but I thought it was—I thought it was just real nice of him to, you know. He came up to me and and kind of introduced himself, and you know, I I just told him, hey man, uh, stay healthy next year, and you know, I have I have a lot of fun watching I I can't say that I'm a Colts fan. I don't root for anybody, but if you're on my fantasy team, man, I'm things. <laughs> um, but he uh, no, he's a cool dude. He he really is. He's just real laid back. Um, you know, when, when he did shake my hand, though, I felt like one of the little kids because the guy's a monster. Mm. I mean, there's no question about it. He's a monster. Oh,
2: hey, don't, awesome eh, don't hey don't book your uh, fantasy football schedule too full. Save a spot for the BS Sports Show fantasy league this year. By the way.
7: Well, you know, you said that last year, and I know, I know, no, I,
2: know I know, we're doing it. We're doing it. It's happening. It's well, going to happen. Yeah,
1: it's because he's not running it. He'll make me do it. So yeah, it'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: happening. Let's just put it that way. Uh, all right, Shrocky, have a great night, man. Uh, thanks for your time, buddy. Congrats on your Blackhawks win, bud.
7: Hey, thanks. Enjoy the rest of the show, you guys.
2: Thanks, man. Uh, our pal, our buddy, captain of the Comets, Kaylee Schrock. Uh, again, uh, um, looking forward uh, to him being back for another season. I'm optimistic. Uh, you never know. Schrock, he doesn't seem to be as optimistic as uh, as others are. But, you know, we'll see. Time will tell. Well, I'm willing to threaten Gary Graham's
1: life. <laughs> you know, I want before we go to break, I, I'm pretty pissed. You, you still have not extended me an invite to your game tomorrow. And then to talk about it right in front of me like I don't exist, it, I find it quite quite hurtful. I'm not going to lie to you. I find it quite hurtful.
2: Well, I mean, dude, if I could send you instead of me, I would, man. But uh, this is just something that I had organized last year with Easter Seals Ark, and I was on board and everything was going. Uh, um, bef- you just, do we have to do this on the air? Yeah, I've heard.
1: <laughs> You know, I could be, be the guy who sits at the end of the bench. I could be the Sean Marion of the team who never gets off the bench. It's just I find, I find it hurtful.
2: That's all I'm yeah, saying. Yeah.
1: Why don't you come out and take photos for the BS Sports Show page? Oh, that's great. Oh, I can't even make it to the last guy on the bench who <laughs> doesn't play. Hey, come take some pictures, loser. Dude, I'll give you my uniform. You can play. I'll sit.
2: I don't want to play. I don't want to hurt myself. Well, I'm too old still, for that crap.
1: You know what happens every time I play in a sporting event.
2: I just thought, <laughs>
1: maybe you'd want to see me crap my pants. But, I, all right. I,
2: I don't have a jersey for you that says Alice. <laughs>
1: wow, look at the time. It's time for a break.
2: <laughs>
1: Stick her out. <around. laughs> we got a break,
2: and in the final hour, still a lot to get to on this BS Sports Show. More on the NBA Finals, more on uh, what's next in the NBA, and uh, a whole lot more to get to. Mo Times, At Mo Radio Show. I'm at Billy Elvis at BS Sports, the fan. It's the BS Sports Show. Hi, this is Billy Elvis, and along with Moe Time, we host the BS Sports Show, now on Yahoo Sports Radio Indiana, which can be found at indianasportsradio.com. Tune in for our unique slant on the world of sports, covering your teams in the state of Indiana, as well as the top national stories, too. The BS Sports Show. I'm at Billy Elvis, Moe Time's at Mo Radio Show, at BS Sports the Fan. Now on Yahoo Sports Radio Indiana, at indianasportsradio.com.
4: At McDuff Realty Group, their top priority is helping you achieve maximum results from the purchase or sale of your home. With over 20 years of marketing and sales experience, Joe Shoemaker and his team will provide you with an aggressive, passionate strategy that delivers the results you expect. For real estate services in central Indiana, call Joe Shoemaker at 317-413-8501 or visit online at mcduffrealty.com.
5: At Ruoff Home Mortgage, we understand that every borrower is different, so we offer a variety of products to meet your individual mortgage financing needs, including conventional, FHA, VA, USDA, new construction, first-time home Buyers, reverse mortgages, and, of course, refinancing. Want to learn more? Just call Brian Graham, the Mortgage Man, at 260-248-8333, or visit him online at ruoff.com backslash Brian Graham, And let them help you finance the home of your dreams. Hi, this
3: is
2: Billy Elvis, and along with Mo Time, we host the BS Sports Show weekdays from seven to nine, and every Friday as well as Monday, we're at Wrigley Field Bar and Grill, Sports Best Damn Sports Bar. Fridays, it's part of the original weekend starter party with the all-you-can-eat wing and fish buffet, eight fifty adults, four bucks for kids, and great prizes. And Monday, lots of special guests, including Comet head coach Gary Graham and Matt Ants head coach Connor Henry. It's the BS Sports Show, weekdays seven to nine, and at Wrigley Field Bar and Grill georgetown north every monday and friday night
0: okay so what do you have ryan what do you
3: think oh uh oh um
6: lollygag it ain't for
0: leaders they're too
6: busy making plays happen answering the call earning their big boy pants isn't it time to be the leader you were born to be the playbook's right there captain what's the call? We'll have nachos, fried pickles, pretzels, buffalitos, honey barbecue wings, and waters. All around. Grab a seat. The game is on. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer,
9: sports.
4: Ugh, I hate these big-ass prices. Sounds like you could use some big-ass savings. I'd love some big-ass savings. Kmart Shop Your Way members save 30 cents a gallon.
9: 30 cents a gallon?
3: That's a big-ass discount. Um, Big-ass discount.
4: A really big-ass discount. Really big-ass discount. Honey, this solves your big-ass problem. Totally solves my big-ass problem. Dad, look at
3: that big-ass truck.
4: Big-ass man.
3: Hello, big-ass man! Shop
6: your way, members. Get big-ass savings. Save 30 cents a gallon when you spend $50 or more at
0: Kmart. Meet the fuel-efficient Ford Focus. Along with great handling, the Focus also comes with girls' night out and girls' night in and road trips and the senior route and swimming and weekly car washes and making connections and unexpected speed dating. Only Ford gives you EcoBoost fuel economy
8: and a whole lot more. With so many ands, where will you end up? The fuel-efficient Ford Focus. This is Gary Snyder from the Gary Snyder Show, and I have a couple of important questions for you. Do you need some extra cash, and do you have any scrap metal laying around? If you answered yes to either question, which we know you did after all, this is Indiana. Then you need to give Clark's a call today. 260 356 8314. That's 260 356 8314. It's the
0: BS Sports Show. You
8: need to calm down. I mean, I'm not that excited about this show, and they pay me.
2: And we're back. Thank you very much for your time. I'm at Billy Elvis on Twitter at Mo Radio Show at BS Sports the Fan. Maybe you're tuned in at the BS Sports Show dot com via the links there to listen, or maybe you've checked out Yahoo Sports Radio Indiana, which is indiansportsradio dot com. Either way, you're listening. We appreciate it. Weekdays from seven to nine, we start and end the week at the same place, Wrigley Field Bar and Grill. This Friday night, no different. The weekend starter party. Starts at five with the all-you-can-eat wing and fish buffet nine dollars adults four fifty kids. Great grand prizes at around eight thirty. mantra karaoke with Jake, and of course the BS Sports Show from seven to nine at the Forts Best Damn Sports Bar, Wrigley Field Bar and Grill in Georgetown North. So, Mall well, baseball takes center stage now, and uh, hopefully they can deliver. Uh, hey, you know it's been a pretty prolific year for the long ball, especially if your name's John Carlos Stanton and and you're a Miami Marlin, but. Uh, there's there's some guys putting up some uh, long ball numbers this year, even though it's also been a good year for pitchers.
1: Yeah, it's been nice to see the long ball return, but with that, will the return of steroid talk? Re- I mean, would, do we have to hear that again every time probably. somebody jacks a 500 foot home run?
2: <laughs> probably, probably.
1: Somebody asked me an interesting question to ask you about baseball. Actually, when I was out this afternoon, they want to know, at this point right now, because they know you love the Tigers, they know you love Miguel Cabrera, would you trade Miguel Cabrera, as he sits right now, for Giancarlo Stanton? I was like, ooh, that's intriguing. I was like, hell yeah, I'll ask him that tonight. So Giancarlo Stanton for Miguel Cabrera. You talked about a guy hitting the long ball. I mean, there's not a guy hitting a longer long ball right now than Giancarlo Stanton.
2: Yeah, I mean, probably probably not. Probably not. Um, I mean, obviously, you got a lot more left in the tank with Giancarlo Stanton. Obviously. Uh, But Miguel does a lot. Miguel does so much beyond just batting average, beyond long ball, beyond RBI, beyond... uh, know doing the triple crown uh, things that hadn't been done in baseball in a while he's a great leader he, he's a good positive influence he's not a prima donna superstar in sport uh he really is low key and really does enjoy himself day in and day out he leads by example um you know there are those that are around him in his own dugout that are in awe of what he's uh, capable of but he doesn't let that go to his head he's he's uh a lead by example kind of guy, and, and quite frankly, the rest of the Tigers feel like they're learning a lot by watching Miguel and his work ethic. So he brings so, so, so much to the table, which is why he's a, a past MVP. But well, uh, yeah, maybe Giancarlo is that guy too, but I, I don't see it yet. I just see an incredible power hitter
1: right now. Well, does it does it make it harder for for the, at least the the uh, South American Dominican players in baseball to become that? Huge type of star for the ones that still have you know somewhat of a language barrier or, or a very uh, you know pronounced accent. Is it hard to become that mega star, uh, you know, because you don't see your, them in a lot of commercials and in you know, a lot of endorsements like that? Is it hard for those players to become that kind of star here in in the United States?
2: Uh, yeah, maybe, and, and you know, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe, maybe it goes back to you know, yeah. uh, you know, humble beginnings in Venezuela for a, sure. for a, for a guy. Uh, like Miguel Cabrera and the other Venezuelans, or, or maybe it's that uh, uh, I had to get here on a, a raft uh, right. that the Cuban players have as their legacy, like Yusil Puig and like uh, Ioannis Cespedes and some of the other Cuban guys. Yeah, yeah, that that, that might be part of it. Um, you know, you're you're more apt to see your Mike Trout's, your Bryce Harper's, your American-born dudes on the cover of Wheaties. Uh, so yeah, th- that's part of it. But, but I, I don't know. There's there, there's there's Quite a bit of humility, and the superstars that are foreign-born. Maybe uh, that's a lesson to be learned for American-born athletes.
1: Yeah, you know, and, and you know, each of those guys can still crank the ball out of the ballpark. If it came down to your dream matchup with, with current players in the home run derby, since we're talking about home runs, who would be your dream matchup this year to watch face off against each other in the finals of the home run derby?
2: Well, I think that's obvious. I think right now, uh your, your National League young star is uh is Bryce Harper. Uh and your national your your national league or your American League star uh is God, I don't know. Um that that that's that's a damn good question. Who's that young dude I want to see? Uh um there's Would you pressure the seat? There's, there's, Bryce there's, Harper a couple, over there's a couple in the National League there's a couple in the National League with Stanton and Harper, yeah. Uh, those yeah. are the two young bombers.
1: I mean, I think Trout's just such a good hitter, but I don't know that the home run is necessarily his thing. That would be, you know, interesting to see him in it. Right. Uh, guys that can—I mean, there's a, there's the cat that's uh, that's on Houston that you know can't hit for average but can jack the ball out of the ballpark. Uh yeah. You know, uh-huh. it's hard to really sit back. Isn't that sad? Because you know, in the late nineties,
2: maybe, maybe maybe a Brayu from the White Sox.
1: Yeah. In the late nineties, we wouldn't have trouble coming up with. The other guy, yeah. Yeah. you know, I mean, there's there's a litany of players that we could think of. And now it's changed. But you're right. It is. I mean, there have been some record shots this year. It's been amazing to watch these home runs. And there's pitchers that, you know, that we expected to be great pitchers this year who haven't been. And there's been guys who who we thought would be, you know, you know, your fourth, fifth starter who have just been incredible. And it's it's been very unpredictable year for baseball. But are fans going to tune in on a national level when it comes the all star game when it comes to the world series and the and the division playoffs. Regionally baseball is healthy, but nationally is it continuing to take a step back?
2: Yeah, yes and no. I mean we've seen some really, really good World Series of late and um and um you know baseball is what baseball is. You're right about the regional aspects of it. Uh but but once it gets to the national coverage uh in the American League and National League championships and then the World Series yeah, I think that's when people realize that it's still an exciting sport. It's a slower sport by nature, but it's still an exciting sport, and there's still plenty of drama and, and, and fun to be had. I, I love uh, the, the baseball's best move in the past couple of decades was the one-and-done wildcard playoff game. I just think that's an absolute phenomenal way to start the playoffs with, that, with instant drama of, uh, of a one-and-done scenario.
1: Well, I mean, if you're if you're competing for the division crown, you sure as hell can't rest your players because you don't want to fall back into right. that spot. But it seems, I agree with you. It's 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 entertaining. It's exciting. But it almost seems like, man, if you've gone through 162 games to have one game, it seems like wow, we fought all this time and we're better than you know 30 other or 28 other teams or whatever for for this. So I mean, no. I, I like it. I like it, but. It, it still seems, man, that's a lot. For 162 games to get one shot at it, it's, uh, it, it, I don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but, I mean, the Royals rode that all the way to the World Series.
1: <laughs> no, you're right, it, and and it was a great World Series, but it was the lowest viewed World Series uh, that, there was, that has ever gone seven games sure. ever. You know, sure. so, uh, you know, and the Pirates have been in that game. Uh, I, You know, if, if you can do that, why couldn't you do the whole first round like that, you know? One and done for the whole first round
2: maybe um i just think it's you know when you're talking about the wildcard teams okay great you've given us a playoff game you've given uh, a team that didn't win their division some hope uh why reward them more with having multiple chances to move on in the playoffs uh, i like the i like the aspect of hey you know what if you don't like the one and done scenario to start the playoffs then win your damn division uh that should be your incentive that that keeps the incentive on not just making the playoffs by making it really hard to be a wild card team and have that one shot at moving on. And then, and then after that, all you do is get the, uh, the top seed in your, uh, in your league, and, uh, and you've probably used your best pitcher in the one-and-done scenario, and now you've got to go with your second best pitcher, pitcher against the top team in the league. So they make it really hard for the wildcard team to move on, but then again, they, they give you that extra playoff game, that vibe, that atmosphere, and that chance uh, to move on. Uh, by making the playoffs, so I like that they make
1: it difficult for the wild card
2: teams to excel in the playoffs. I like that a lot. Put Honus on winning the division.
1: Did not we see though one of the teams either last year or the year before go with their their number two in that game, yeah saving their mm-hmm. number one for uh for if they made it and they didn't uh you know you're right it's it's all right uh, I guess the way they do it uh if you're that wild card team do you would you is there less pressure to start with if you got that one game on the road or is there is there more or is there uh less pressure to start at home? I almost think it'd be easier to go on the road for that that one and done game uh
2: yeah it, it depends on where you're going depends on what the travel is yeah. uh, It's usually going to be pretty quick after you've wrapped up the regular season, so it, it might be nice to be able to stay home and regroup before the playoffs as opposed to having to go right on the road right after you've wrapped up one hundred and sixty two uh, so yeah, you know, I don't know. I I don't know that that would be true, Mo. Um, but I do know that you know it does change your pitching uh, philosophy, and uh, you know you better think about how you're wrapping up the regular season. You know, chances are you wouldn't have your number one for the playoff game anyway if you had to fight your way in, and you're following your pitching rotation through the end of the season anyway. Because you're playing down to the wire to wrap up the regular season, you know the wild cards have made it so that the last month of the season there's some excitement, there's some thrill, there's some positioning to be made, and uh, and then that one and done you know aspect of the excitement of, a, of of in essence a
1: game seven to start the playoffs. Yeah, and if you're a team that's the Washington Nationals or a team like that, you're built for that scenario that you've got right. you know four amazing starters. Uh, right. that can go out there and throw a game for you in that first game even if you're not going with your number 1. So right. it, it, you know it, and Detroit a couple of years ago would have been that team. You know, it wouldn't have mattered who they threw out there if they had to play in a one game play in. St. Louis was that team a few years ago
2: when they when they got Atlanta fans to throw bottles on the field and everything that went on there. Yeah, yeah, you got some depth in pitching. Yeah. Uh you're the Dodgers, you can do that one and done game and and have Kershaw and then oh by the way you got Granky to start the next series, you know.
1: Yeah, and you bring up those Cardinals who are in Minnesota tonight. Some people are calling this, this could be one of the worst acts of cheating that we've ever seen. I mean, does baseball really have bad acts of cheating anymore? I mean, is there there anything worse than what people perceive steroids to be? I mean, does it seem like people care about this? Because I, I still don't, but does it seem like this is, would you call it the worst act of cheating? I've heard that twice today now.
2: Well, I mean, there there's a potential that they can revisit, you know, those Cardinals championships <laughs> recently. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and that definitely affects everybody that you know played those teams, uh, whether in the World Series uh, or or whether uh, in the National League playoffs, uh, because you're like, hey, if these guys have been cheating to have their success of late, uh, shouldn't all these uh, shouldn't all these stats be tainted? So, you know, this, this could end up being really, really, really ugly for Major League Baseball, uh, especially from a franchise that had been largely respected up until now. And now there's the shadow of doubt. No matter how egregious uh, the, the cheating really was, was um, the, there, there's that level of doubt. There's going to be like, oh, okay, that explains it. The Cardinals have been cheaters all
1: these years. As a Cubs fan, you still can't be that mad because they still beat the piss out of us, you know, every time they played. Uh, <laughs> But as a, as a Tigers fan, would you would you want you know like they do at times in college sports? Would you want to accept a World Series trophy like this if they took it away from the Cardinals? Would you want to accept it? Or you know when they took the uh, they took the MVP away from Ryan Braun and they talked about it? You know, would you want to accept the 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 World Series be declared the World Series champions so many years after the fact? Would, would that be okay with you as a fan?
2: No, no, I, I, and I I don't know that they would do that. I I. I, I I don't know that they would make somebody else a World Series champ. They would just vacate that World Series. They would remove it from the stat lines. And, yeah, but can uh, you do that,
1: though? I mean, can you do that? Isn't baseball been hurt enough by statistical cheating like this? I mean, isn't it a point, a point sooner or later where they just got to I, I mean, cover it up? Whatever, but... Can you really keep removing, you know, all these statistics from your record books as we've done, you know, mentally or or by the writers from the uh, the steroid era? Can you really could you really vacate and have a vacant World Series uh, from a couple of years ago?
2: I don't know what the solution is, but you know, just like you know Tom Brady and Bill Belichick's Super Bowl wins, you know, there's going to be those that feel that they're completely and utterly tainted and they don't they shouldn't count. Uh, but the NFL isn't going to strip them, and base Major League Baseball probably isn't going to strip the Cardinals of their postseason success of late, they'll just find other ways to punish them and hope it hope that it goes away. But you know, I,
1: I think the can of worms is just starting to be opened. What what year was that, that that happened when Detroit was was it were they swept by St. Louis? Oh six. Yeah. Would you go would you wouldn't it be fun funny to go out and buy a two thousand six World Series champion T shirt this summer? <laughs>
2: Oh, uh, dude, that would be hilarious, wouldn't it? There'd be
1: there'd be there'd be a bunch of kids in third world countries that would now be cool because their their shirts would be relevant—the ones that were given away.
2: Exactly, and how rare is that, huh? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm gonna wait and, and find out more about this FBI probe before I start determining, you know, how much it helped the St. Louis Cardinals with their success over the last few decades. Uh, because, you know, who knows? Now there's, now there's you know, that, that shadow of doubt has been cast upon them because regardless of what anybody feels uh, they accomplished by spying on the Houston Astros notes or whoever else they've spied on, uh, you know, help them get wins and help them, you know, have success. But cheating's cheating. They wouldn't have done it if they didn't know, that if they didn't think there would be an advantage to it somehow.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's I, I'm, I'm getting a kick out of it. But can you, you know, here's here's what I wonder at this point with the FBI involved, and if they're, you know, they have all those fancy terms for, you know, what a corrupt business this and yada yada that. What could Major League Baseball force the owners to sell the team? Didn't we see that a couple of years ago in a sport where owners were forced to? Oh, we saw it in the NBA. Uh, where, where could Major League Baseball force force the owners of the St. Louis Cardinals, the the Bush family, to sell the? Uh, Sell the St. Louis Cardinals? How crazy would that be to see that that history of that franchise and it sold, forced to be sold? Uh,
2: yeah, that would be uh, absolutely uh, unbelievable, and uh, uh, could end up being like you know the darkest thing that ever. Ha- it could be worse for baseball than than the steroid era was for baseball, uh, as far as its legacy, if, if if that goes down. But you know it remains to be seen. That's the thing. You know the sport with all the history, uh, the more than 100 years of history. Um, when things go bad, it it, it has the ripple-down effect and just seems worse, doesn't it? It seems worse when there's cheating involved in baseball because of all that history.
1: Well, let's say, let's say you vacate some of these things that they've done recently. You know, baseball's going to have to achieve 100 years of st- a statistical history again because you keep wiping, right. wiping statistics away, sooner or later you're going to be back under 100 years. You know, I mean, we've basically, you know, mentally, or like I said, the writers, they've erased, what, 10 years of baseball statistics for hitters?
2: Pretty much, yeah. Uh, well, hey, then some of the old school purists will say, "Cool, that'll just allow guys like Babe Ruth and Ty Cobb to reclaim all their records." Uh, again. Yeah,
1: I, I hate, I hate <laughs> that for guys that say that. I, I still see I uh, Hank Aaron as the home run team. I, or you know, I, come on, man. If Barry Bonds was an exceptional player before he took all the steroids. I mean, let's be yeah. honest; he was an exceptional player before he took all the steroids. I just that's why baseball purists make me. hate. I think that's what makes me hate baseball more than anything. Are those guys? Because the purists. Oh, my God, get off your high horse. Your sport is dying on the vine. Come on. And I, oh, they just drive me insane. Uh,
2: it's not dying, but uh, for it to re- reclaim its status as America's pastime isn't likely, because even if football's viewed too violent in a generation or two or three, uh, it'll probably be basketball or maybe even soccer, dare I say, that, that, that takes over as America's pastime uh, before baseball would again. I don't know. Who knows? All right, man. Uh, let's let's get a break in. Let's wrap it up next with uh, whatever we've got left—the uh, sports soup segment, if you will—with uh, anything and everything that we haven't touched on or that we already have that we want to revisit. It's a Wednesday night edition of the BS Sports Show, weeknights from seven to nine. Uh, find us at uh, thebsportsshow dot com or indianasportsradio.com, dot com, which is the home for the brand new Yahoo Sports Radio Indiana. Mo Times at Mo Radio Show. I'm at Billy Elvis at BS Sports, the fan on Twitter. And we'll be back to wrap it up next. It's the BS Sports Show. Hi, this is Billy Elvis, and along with Mo Time, we host the B.S. Sports Show, now on Yahoo Sports Radio Indiana, which can be found at indianasportsradio.com. Tune in for our unique slant on the world of sports, covering your teams in the state of Indiana, as well as the top national stories, too. The B.S. Sports Show. I'm at Billy Elvis, Mo Time's at Mo Radio Show, at B.S. Sports the Fan. Now on Yahoo Sports Radio Indiana, at indianasportsradio.com.
4: At McDuff Realty Group, their top priority is helping you achieve maximum results from the purchase or sale of your home. With over 20 years of marketing and sales experience, Joe Shoemaker and his team will provide you with an aggressive, passionate strategy that delivers the results you expect. For real estate services in central Indiana, call Joe Shoemaker at 317-413-8501 or visit online at mcduffrealty.com.
5: At Ruff Home Mortgage, we understand that every borrower is different, so we offer a variety of products to meet your individual mortgage financing needs, including conventional, FHA, VA, USDA, new construction, first-time home Buyers, reverse mortgages, and, of course, refinancing. Want to learn more? Just call Brian Graham, the Mortgage Man, at 260-248-8333, or visit him online at rualf.com backslash Brian Graham, and let them help you finance the home of your dreams. Hi, this is Billy
2: Elvis, and along with Mo Time, we host the BS Sports Show weekdays from seven to nine. And every Friday, as well as Monday, we're at Wrigley Field Bar and Grill, with Fort's best damn sports bar. Fridays, it's part of the original weekend starter party with the all-you-can-eat wing and fish buffet, eight fifty adults, four bucks for kids, and great prizes. And Monday, lots of special guests, including Comet head coach Gary Graham and Matt Ants head coach Connor Henry. It's the BS Sports Show, weekdays seven to nine, and at Wrigley Field Bar and Grill. In georgetown north every monday and friday night when you're looking for a new home why not seek the counsel of a friend who happens to know the housing market like the back of her hand natalie letterly of united country natalie l real estate can answer all questions about buying or selling a home and she can provide valuable information that's important to your family natalie will provide you with a detailed summary of area schools nearby amenities and homeowner testimonials about the neighborhood of your choice Call Natalie 260-388-9588, and start looking for your new home
3: today.
0: They actually said that on the air, and they weren't kidding around. It's the BS Sports Show. And thank you very
2: much. About to wrap it up on a Wednesday night, hump night. It's uh, the BS Sports Show with uh, Mo Time, at Mo Radio Show on Twitter. I'm at Billy Elvis and at B.S. Sports, the fan is the show. Thank you very much for, for tuning in. And uh, we want to thank our guests tonight. Uh, Cop, uh, Comet Captain Kaylee Schrock was on with us earlier this hour talking about his beloved Blackhawks, amongst other things. And uh, in hour number one, Jimbo Brighters uh, was on talking about the NBA Finals. Uh, I think a lot of people, maybe not as surprised that uh Iguadala was the MVP as that Steph Curry got zero votes, a single vote for league MVP Steph Curry in the uh finals MVP voting. And I know that surprised you a little bit too, Mo.
1: Yeah, I mean and if you take Iguadala off the Warriors, I think they still win. You take Steph Curry off the Warriors, they definitely don't win. You take LeBron James off the Cavaliers, they don't they don't win a game, nor, you know, maybe get within thirty points of a game. So I, I you know uh, and when a guy can is such a terrible free-throw shooter in the NBA, you don't see that for usually you know a small forward. But, uh, you know, he damn near cost Golden State the game last night because he couldn't knock down free-throws again.
2: Yeah. And, uh, you know, the hack of Iggy uh, obviously came into play. But, you know, it, 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 there's no questioning that when he was inserted into the starting lineup, uh, things changed for the Golden State Warriors' flow seem to work better for them, making uh, life easier for Steph Curry, for Clay Thompson, for uh, Harrison Barnes and uh, and Draymond Green. Uh, we, you know, we talked earlier about uh, how many different pieces of the puzzle could be in place next year for the Cavaliers. I mean, maybe they keep around some of those guys, but chances are there's going to be quite a few new faces in Cavalier uniforms next year. Not quite the same case for the uh for the champs, I believe Draymond Green's about the only guy they they could lose. Uh, otherwise, everybody else pretty well locked in.
1: Yeah, Draymond Green will be back. He he doesn't go anywhere, uh, I don't think at all. I'm just saying he's...
2: he's the only one eligible to leave. Uh, because yeah. because Clay and Steph and Barnes and,
1: and and Iggy, they're all locked in. Yeah, I think if I'm Golden State in the offseason, maybe I'd try to move Andrew Bogut in that contract because I yeah. think – I think that it's proved that it's better with David Lee in there or it's better with uh, Azealia, uh, uh But he's got a big contract. He, he, he's hurt a lot. I think if I make any move, I'm Golden State. Uh, I make that move and try to trade Andrew Bogut. Yeah.
2: How about Steve Kerr and the job he did uh, throughout uh, the season? And, you know, Mark Jackson wasn't a bad guy. Uh, Mark Jackson couldn't get him over the hump. Steve Kerr did. Uh, made just some subtle moves, but also helped those guys believe. And then, you know, the fact that he, he had five rings, rookie coach, but five rings, three of them with the Bulls, two of them with the Spurs, under two of the greatest coaching minds ever, Popovich and uh, and Phil Jackson. So you know, he brought a lot to the table, and obviously it worked.
1: Well, I think the biggest uh, thing that was changed, and a few have mentioned it, was the locker room culture, just because it was contentious, yeah. because of the of the rift between Mark Jackson and the Golden State ownership. But, you know, it, it's not like Steve Kerr inherited a bad team, you know? I mean, he inherited a pretty damn good team. Uh, but you're right, a, a couple changes, moving Iguodala originally from the starting lineup to the bench, putting Harrison Barnes back in that starting lineup. And, and, you know, and a guy like David Lee, who became pretty instrumental in those last couple of games, fell out of favor and, and he wasn't seeing the floor uh, for anything. So, yeah, there were a few changes here and there, and and I think had Mark Jackson, uh, you know, been able to, to get along with management, he probably still would have been there and won this thing, too, because it was the defensive system that Mark Jackson installed, which they still use. Uh, because remember, a couple of years ago, that team played no defense. I mean, none. You know, they were scoring 130, 140 points a game, <laughs> but so was their opponent. So, yeah, Steve Kerr did a great job. Uh, and I thought it was very cool that he gave props, you know, throughout the playoffs to Mark Jackson.
2: Yeah, and I I saw that moment uh, where Clay Thompson uh, gave Mark Jackson a hug, uh, as luck would have it, or maybe not luck would have it. Mark Jackson was on the call for the game last night. Had to be really bittersweet for Mark Jackson to watch that happen. uh, Because you know deep in his mind he's saying, I could have done this, I could have done this, I could have done this this year, but he's classy and held back.
1: No, and uh, you know Mark Jackson, I think, is a coach in the NBA at some point again within the next year. Honestly, I, you know, I think he's one. Uh, obviously, Tom Thibodeau will be one. You know, there's a lot of yeah. guys uh, who have a great pedigree. You know, even uh, 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 Monty Williams, that was let go in New Orleans. He's done a great job down there with that team. You know, there it was a, a mishmash of pieces for a while. So there's a lot of good guys floating around in the NBA, and uh, you know, who knows? Maybe that Cleveland job's open as well.
2: Yeah, maybe, uh, and maybe that's. Uh, exactly where a guy like Mark Jackson or Tom Thibodeau would go. We 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 shall see. Um I know this that LeBron's going to have a whole lot of say in whatever happens with the coach and with player personnel moves because of that opt-out opportunity.
1: Well, uh, you're right, but the the X factor is Dan Gilbert. I mean, let's be honest. That guy shoots from the hip and, you know, worries about the collateral damage later. You know, if if Eagle comes into play again for Dan Gilbert, uh, you know, it it could become a mess there very quickly, very quickly. So it'll be interesting to see what happens because you never know what you get with him. I mean, you know, that guy uh, made the – you remember he fired off that letter after LeBron yep. left, uh, yep. you know, and led the jersey burning at uh, Quicken Loans Arena. So with Dan Gilbert, you just kind of never know. You know, he's the guy who drafted uh, Anthony Bennett number one. You know? So yep. we'll see. I don't think LeBron goes anywhere, but I think his out would be – the owner Dan Gilbert, if he had to go, it would be he w- it would be a rift between him and, and Dan Gilbert, the owner of the Cavaliers.
2: You know, and I just don't see that happening because I don't think LeBron came back to Cleveland without talking to Dan Gilbert and saying, "Hey, dude, uh, you know, you're a great businessman and all, and thank you very much, uh, but you know, you're going to have to uh, make sure I have a say in basketball moves." Uh, because if I'm LeBron, I don't make that move. I don't go back with my hands tied, hoping for the best. I go back there with control.
1: Well, you know, and no offense to like you know a guy like Kevin Pritchard, the GM of the Pacers, but if LeBron would come there, you know, I'd let him be the GM. I mean, yeah. no, I'd let I'd rename it the Indiana LeBrons if we had to. You know what I mean? I, exactly. I would do anything to bring LeBron in. You want to be the GM? Be my. You want to be player coach? Awesome, awesome. You want to you want to install your uh, your 11 year old as. Uh, As a starting point guard, I'm cool with it. Whatever it's got to do to to keep you on the floor, and who knows? I mean, LeBron's son could have gave him a better shot at beating the Warriors than a couple of those guys did on the floor.
2: Yeah, No question about it.
1: Uh, Yeah, and if I'm
2: an owner, I'm smart enough to at least make sure I consult LeBron on everything that's done and and, and, uh, take great heed in, in what his wishes are. Because why wouldn't you want to keep the best player on the planet happy?
1: Yeah, and you know what's crazy is that, you know, like I, I told you last night, I think this Golden State Warriors story is great, and it'll be a great story, you know, maybe through Sunday. But then all onus is back for the offseason on LeBron. That's where the story's at all the time is in right. Cleveland, where LeBron's at. But to me, the, the, maybe the sneaky storyline with this offseason to the NBA and, and beginning next year is what happens between the relationship between Kobe Bryant and, and Mitch Kupchak and the rest of the front office of the Lakers? It's become very contentious with Kupchak before even talking with Kobe. He said this is Kobe's last year. Do we see Kobe Bryant play either be traded or play in a different uniform or retire before the season's over? To me that uh, that could be a very sneaky good storyline should Kobe be healthy.
2: You know, I think any and all of those things could occur. Uh yeah, and I'm sick of talking about the Lakers until they start becoming relevant because they're not. Now we're just talking about a team that's in disarray and a mess. So You know what I mean? I mean, I I just, I don't care about them until something happens that makes them relevant because they're not right now. They're just flattened out. I don't care what Swaggy P's doing or who he's marrying.
1: I think they're two years away from it because I honestly believe that Kevin Love winds up there and and should uh, Durant leave, uh, I think Russell Westbrook winds up teaming back up with him and both of them, you know, back in L.A. together. I I think two years from now, you could very well see Love and, and Westbrook wearing Lakers uniforms.
2: Hey, I have to give a shout-out before the show ends and while we're sure. talking about the NBA uh, to uh, a guy that uh, hit me up on uh, Twitter last night. Uh, I'm at Billy Elvis, Moe's at Mo Radio Show, at BS Sports Fantasy Show. With regard to uh, the Pacers maybe going after David Lee, Jim Howard, uh, at Rosella Moe on Twitter is the one that said that. Uh, David Lee to the
1: Pacers, unused talent out there. <sighs> Um. Yeah, I, know. I mean he's a guy that the, the Knicks let go in a bad deal uh, that it wanted to become a great player with Mark Jackson, but you know Kerr he felt kind of fell out of favor. But you know I think Steve Kerr realized that his best lineup is with a guy like David Lee in there, and I you know I don't know that they move him now. I think if they move anybody, mm-hmm. they move they move Andrew Bogut, but it would be interesting. But again, a guy who's been plagued by injuries at times, I don't know that the Pacers want to bring another big guy on that. Would spend maybe you know, twenty games a year injured. I don't know that that's a great move for them, especially the kind of money he makes.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, assuming that Paul George gets back to his All Star level, uh, and and everything else is true to form with uh, with George Hill and with uh, Roy Hibbert and with uh, David West, uh, the Pacers need more help. They need they need either that uh, that two or three or that hybrid two three or uh, maybe even a two, three, four in there. They need that guy, uh, which kind of was Lance Stevenson. I know they don't bring back Lance Stevenson, but what about the possibility of Lance coming back after the Charlotte experience?
1: Well, now that he's in L.A., I don't think they're going to be willing to give up, uh, give him up because, you know, honestly, with what the Clippers have salary cap-wise, they got a yeah. hell of a deal in, in Lance Stevenson yeah. if it works out and they didn't take a big gamble. Uh, speaking of the basketball, before we go, you've got a big basketball game tomorrow night, uh, Easter Seals-Arc basketball game. Shrocky's going to be there, and I, I, I suggest that maybe to throw him off... When you congratulate him after a basket, don't give him a high five. Kiss him on the neck after he told that story. I think that, that would really
2: catch him off guard. He's going to get that, and I hope he brings his hockey gloves. All right. Hey, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, we're back, and uh, every weeknight from 7 to 9, find us at com or indianasportsradio.com. Uh, Mo Times at Mo Radio Show. I'm at Billy Elvis at BS Sports, the fan. Uh, have a great night. It's the BS Sports Show.